It's time debit card users are also included in the cashback fun. Now everyone can get cashback on everyday purchases with Discover Cashback Debit. That includes no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey.
folks, welcome to an all-new episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. Welcome to your September. This is Tuesday, even though we're going to treat it like it's a Monday because we supposedly got the, the Monday off, so now it's, you know how time works by this point. Of course, we just did a mashup of Mr. Harry Styles uh, with Panic at the Disco. Now, if you're, if you're, if you're just waking up and you have not, um, if you have not tried to uh, look at any kind of screen or 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 just pay attention to anything online, which is just so I'm already in, I'm in admiration if you have stayed away from onlineness. Uh, but Harry Styles, folks, uh, the rumors going around, Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine. <laughs> At the Venice Film Festival, guys, there's like this ridiculous. You can see everybody's looking at like the Zapruder film, like the JFK assassination, which is just insane in itself. People have slowed this thing down. My friend Kiki, talk of shame, posted it, slowed it down. It looks like Harry Styles goes to sit casually and just a and 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 this guy would have to be like a laser like spitter. Like I mean, like Harry Styles would have to be so good at stealth spitting. And I've practiced it all my life, folks, and I still cannot be stealth with it. So there's no, I mean, Harry is talented. I'm not saying that, but he would have had to have been so stealth. But supposedly in this video, you see Chris Pine look down like you just spit on me. And then he kind of like goes, you know, you can tell he's laughing to himself thinking like this kid just had the gall to spit on me at the Venice Film Festival. In reality, what I think is happening is... Chris Pine is actually laughing at the ridiculousness of this situation because Harry Styles is not looking at his girlfriend, Olivia Wilde, who's seated seated right next to Chris Pine. So they have taken great lengths, even though we know they're together, even though I hear they might be on the rocks. Very exciting, folks. Just like Leo DiCaprio and Harry Styles might be on the same market competing for the same girl. No, that's not true. Harry likes older women and Leo likes... Okay, so anyways... The point is, I think it's just, it, it's, this is why I love pop culture, because it's so damn ridiculous. And it, it's all, you know, it's all because of this movie, Don't Worry Darling, which at this point, if you haven't heard of, I mean, you're hearing about it for all the wrong reasons. I mean, people think about this, not even the actors, there's like a whole crew of people behind the scenes that put their blood, sweat, and tears into this thing we call art, entertainment, pop culture, whatever. And we, I've spent all day making memes about this dumb red carpet because Florence Pugh, the lead actress, supposedly doesn't get along with Olivia Wilde. There's so many rumors as to why. And of course, we talked last week on the Pop Culture Roundup about Shia LaBeouf being fired from the movie and it wasn't, he didn't get fired, he quit. It's it's just a mess. And we all got to see it take front and center stage, not the movie itself, but all of the bullshit surrounding it. And I make the point to Sophie today is like, this is Housewives 101. I mean, don't worry, darling, is the real Housewives of Beverly Hills, um, you know, film. I mean, like they're doing the same thing. It's like Lisa Rinna making so much shit online that you forget about the actual show. And I am so now fixated. I want a four-part HBO docuseries, not even on the making of Don't Worry Darling. I want it literally on just the Venice Film Festival because so much happened with so little. And it really shows you how social media and podcasting and all of this stuff plays such a huge part because now these things have second and third lives where it used to be 
a movie, the second life of a movie was DVD. Now the second life of a movie happens even before it comes out. And that's all on Twitter and all the memes and all the shit like that. That is just wild to me. I mean, it's exciting and it's scary and it's kind of sad because we completely ignore what is actually potentially in the movie. Now I'm going to, I'm, I've been excited to see this movie from, from like conception. I love Florence Pugh. I thought Olivia Wilde did great with her first film, Booksmart. If you guys remember that, really funny. Uh, I like Harry Styles. I like Chris Pine. Great cast. Nick Kroll's in it. But all of this shit surrounding it, and I guess that is what happens when you have Harry Styles, which I think arguably is the number one pop star in the world right now, right? And everybody likes him. Maybe even I like him. But I even make the point, we started kind of making fun of Harry Styles today because of just the weirdness on the red carpet. And I think this is the first time in a while that I've heard anything even pseudo-negative about Harry Styles. When they talk about Harry Styles, they usually talk negative about Olivia Wilde, which is just a whole nother can of worms if you want to talk about misogyny and women, which you guys deal with, I'm sure, every day. Um, So I find this just a fascinating example, and I'm sure I'll be talking about this more all week because we've got a great lineup of pop culture commentators coming to join us. But today is a very special episode. Uh, I took Monday off. But you, you guys, I, I do so much content that I don't think it's really... I actually did a two-hour Patreon. If you did miss me, you can go over there. And remember, we are recapping all of Selling the OC over on the Patreon, which is my new favorite reality show over on Netflix. But please go support. It it really does help. Uh, also, thank you to all the people that have left five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You might think it's silly and it might be one of those dumb things, but just trust me, even not for me, for other podcasters you listen to, do it. It really, really helps. Also, also, remember, there, use the timestamps on this show. Uh, if you don't want to hear the pop culture roundup and you want to go to the guests, do that. We got a jumbo size show for you, baby. This is what I love about this show and what I talked about last week is that you really do. You guys give me this forum in which I can, you know, go silly into actual serious conversations and we can do both. And you guys have allowed me to do that. And that's what's so exciting for me as I continue on with this show and try to challenge myself. The next challenge really is going to start putting out 45 minute to hour long podcast. That'll be the, uh, the final challenge. <laughs> Who knows if I'll ever get there, but I hope you guys have the great start to the week. I want to talk about a couple of things before we get to Sophie and then do our special guest, We have Lauren, uh, a.k.a. the Zen Blonde, and Candice, who you might know as BBF Bravo, and they were both in the House of Hammer docuseries, three-part docuseries on Discovery+. Plus. We were lucky to talk to Casey Hammer last week, and this is truly some dark and disturbing material. The conversation, we do have some laughs in there. Um, I always try to make it, you know, just... But, but but it's dark material, and uh, it was so interesting to get to hear you guys who saw that. And I and I want to say this too. I said it on my Patreon, but I didn't get. A, I wanted to say it here. So many people were so flipping nice on Instagram and tagged me and like, oh Ryan Bailey, they saw me in it and they tagged me. And I want to. I, I reposted like two two of them, I think, or two or three of them. But I just I, I want to explain myself. Is that um, I am so thankful and it touches me so much that you guys were so excited to see me. Like truly, like you don't know how good of a feeling that is. Um, but it's such a serious topic and a subject matter that I take, you know, I, I that, that I felt I, this isn't, I don't, this has no, like, this has nothing to do with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, there's not a thirst level on this. There's not a, 
um, you know, I wanted to be a, a small part of telling this really, really bizarre, insane story that actually you can extrapolate a lot of things that uh, go on in life for everyday women. Um, it's not just movie stars affected by Army Hammer. Men uh, treat women like this a lot. And I just thought this was such an interesting story. And thankfully, I thought it was decently told. Um, you know, listen, I'm always going to have a critical eye on everything. I hate everything I do. Um, but it, it was fascinating for me to watch how they you know, what they put together. And I know a lot of things that they cut, which they were very litigious about this. They were very, I mean, which is comforting because they didn't want, um, any issues like that. They wanted to tell the story from my understanding. So, uh, I just wanted to let you know, I did see everybody's comments and all of that stuff. And it really, man, it made me feel good, but it's just not, um, what I hope is that I hope I can like be, be a talking head on something really silly and funny. And you guys can be proud of me for that. And, and, and then I can, I'll post everything, but this was just such a serious topic and subject matter. And I hope you guys understand that for you guys just tuning in that you've never heard me before. You're like, what the hell? Welcome to the show folks. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about a couple of things. Uh, it is so blazing hot in Los Angeles and our AC is out it is currently 80, 86 or 87 degrees in the house right now. It's 9.57 p.m. at night, and I am already sweating, which is what I'm used to doing during the day. So it's a night sweat is not, you know, it's not the most fun. It's not what I'm after, if, if, if that says anything. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, I, I want to tell you a couple things that I did this weekend or just things that moved me. Um, you guys know I'm a big fan of Foo Fighters. Um, and sometimes not even so much the music, but just the joy they have in performing and Dave Grohl's passion and Taylor Hawkins, the drummer, Pat Smear, all of those guys. I think when you do things out of joy, uh, the audience really feels it. And, you know, sometimes Foo Fighters, uh, their songs, people would be like, oh, they're, they're simplistic. But I think that the simplistic in the best way that always like. I mean, just makes you feel good. Like, you know, we forget what rock and roll actually is. And I think they're one of the last bastions of that. Um, but unfortunately, Taylor Hawkins left us way too soon months ago. And they did a tribute concert at Wembley Stadium this uh, this past Saturday overseas. And I woke up early to start watching it. It was like 8.30, 9 a.m. because they, they had it on what, like Paramount Plus and I think Hulu, a lot of different places. And I had read about it in one of my music blogs that I, you know, that I peruse. And I was like, I want to see that, you know. And it was the most beautiful six-hour celebration of Taylor Hawkins' life with so many amazing musicians. Um, them Crooked Vultures actually re... Uh, they joined together for the first time in a while, which is uh, Josh Homme, the lead singer of Queens of the Stone Age. If you guys know them, what a good band they are. Uh, Dave Grohl drums in that band. Uh, John Paul Jones, the legendary bassist from Led Zeppelin, folks. And by the way, all you guys listening that have kids, teach your kids about this kind of music, about Zeppelin, about, you know, I know the hip hop, all of the, the Harry Styles, it's all great. But like, we have a history, just like Bravo, that we need to study and appreciate so we can move forward, you know? But it was just uh, Dave Grohl had his daughter sing a couple Jeff Buckley songs, which was beautiful. And then Foo Fighters took the stage by the time it hit Nightfall. Um, and uh, oh, I've got my, I mean, uh, Paul McCartney came out, you guys. Paul McCartney came out and did a song with Chrissy Hind, the lead singer of The Pretenders. I mean, The Pretenders, for the love of God. But Paul McCartney, it was beautiful. But then the Foo Fighters came out and he, uh, Dave Grohl opened. Um, 
and this was just so emotional. And I know we add our own emotion into things. That's one of the beauties of art is that we project our own pain, love, happiness, joy, all of this onto art. And I love that. But he, um, they opened with, uh, times like these and they started off slow. I've seen them live so many times. They always kind of started off slow. And this was the first time they played since Taylor Hawkins, uh, passing and just the emotion and the crack in Dave Grohl's voice, just that crack just made me like, just tear up like immediately. Cause you were just like, damn. And he's singing like times like these, you learn to love again times like the, and it was just, and then they went into rocking and it was just insane. So that was one moment that I was just like, my God. And I put these in my Instagram reels. I know I'm kind of like a meme account, but uh, you know, I'm always going to be a silly meme account, but I think I'm going to start posting more of the things that I actually genuinely love, even aside from reality shows for better or worse. But another beautiful thing I want to say is they did my hero, which is, you know, a classic Foo Fighters song originally, uh, inspired by Kurt Cobain from Nirvana. And they had a rotating group of drummers for the Foo Fighters set. And they brought out, um, Taylor Hawkins son, Shane, who's 15 years old, you guys. And this kid just crushed. I have this on my Instagram too. And this kid, it just looks like a little kid. And he's just banging away. There goes my hero. Watch him as he goes. And there is one moment towards the end when in just Dave Grohl is just looking at him dead in the eye. And this kid is just fucking pounding and it is just so emotional and beautiful and like this expression through rock and roll and this kid beating on his drums who lost his dad a couple of months ago and it was i gotta say one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen in my life and i'm literally in bed i think this at this point it was like 10 30 or 11 in the morning on saturday you know it was nighttime overseas and i'm like yeah yeah like i'm tears in my face i'm like yeah 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 i was just and that's and that's what i live for like moments like that not not the reason behind those moments, but we, when we can express anything through through art is just my God. So I wanted to tell you guys about that. If you didn't see it, it's worth looking up. Just go to my Instagram or go to YouTube or whatever. Some a lot of you guys did see it, and I just thought it was one of the most beautiful artistic pop culture things that I wanted to share with you guys. Also, I wanted to give a shout out to Kelly Clarkson, who this this weekend. She posted an Instagram and it just, it, it tied me into a lot of, cause I can remember when and where is it's been 20 years since she won American Idol. Uh, she wrote 20 years ago today, I won American Idol and it forever changed the course of my life. That moment was the door that opened up so much access and opportunity and creative partnerships that I will be grateful for all my days. The family and friendships have created over these 20 years and music and TV are priceless to me. We only get so many trips around the sun. And while I am proud and feel abundantly blessed of the success and failures that I have learned from, I am most proud and grateful for those friends that have become family and for their arms that have held me when I needed it and their hearts that listened to me when I felt lost with Without them, I would not be where I am. I would probably not be here at all. Thank you so much to every single person that voted 20 years ago. I voted, you guys, <laughs> of course, because I'm a nerd. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope all of you have people in your lives that fill you with laughter and hope and happiness. And if you don't feel like you have that, then keep searching because I promise you they're looking for you too. Man, I've always loved Kelly Clarkson. What another shining example of somebody that is just 
you know, even in, you know, we, we've seen her go through divorce and all that, but just, there's just a goodness there. There's just somebody that like, you can tell when they love what they do and you almost believe in a God given gift. You know, I think she has one of the most beautiful powerhouse voices, uh, female voices out there. I mean, not female, just voices. Um, so I wanted to bring that up just because anytime I get to talk about Kelly Clarkson, I mean, I've, I've had a lot of Kelly Clarkson phases in my life, you know, like where you'll just like, I don't know, uh, she's just amazing. So I wanted to start with those two positive things before we get into the pop culture roundup where we go hog wild on Southern Charm, Beverly Hills, Don't Worry Darling, um, Britney Spears, Kanye West. Uh, we go all over the flipping map. Um, and then we'll take a commercial break and we'll come back for the conversation with Zen Blonde and BBF Bravo. Uh, hope you guys have a great week. I will talk to you tomorrow. Welcome to your week. It's Tuesday. That means one day of your week's already done with Labor Day, but we're starting it off strong. We've got a jam-packed show for you. We are doing Pop Culture Monday on Tuesday again. Uh, joining us, as always, straight off a flight from Charleston is uh, the host of the podcast, So True with Sophie Ross, that comes back in September. Of course, you've read her Substack as well, or you might be one of her super followers on Twitter, but we are here to talk trash about some of the pop culture items that have been going around this week sophie ross welcome back to the show do you see wait sophie do you see where i'm at right now um oh you're in the sir alley i'm in the sir if you're watching this on youtube i am recording live from the sir alleyway right now which is very exciting wait the way i didn't even like notice because i know you just moved and i was like oh that's just like his new office setup <laughs> i love it hey he made his office setup look like a back alleyway too <laughs> but that, and that's sad because that would be my man cave is could you make it look like the sir out could you make it look like chris and dodie's been smoking three packs of marlboro lights out here but like you would so uh, like, no i told yeah. no no it, no i mean listen you're <laughs> dead right i mean you so you told me some news because you were away again this weekend you had a family vacay this entire week and you said you flew out of yeah. charleston this morning and you ran into who did you run into I didn't run into him. I saw him. I didn't like say hi, Greg Grippo. I would hope you wouldn't say hi. You you, you are not a Greg Grippo fan. I know. It's so ironic that I saw him right after writing my sub stack about him. I actually snapped a picture shamelessly. Um, (laughs) But yeah, yeah, if you're watching YouTube, you can see the picture I snapped of him. Um, But yeah, I was in Charleston. I actually was at... um, Isle of Palms with my family during the week. Ba-ba-doo. And Bop. that's actually where Shep has his house. So we drove by Shep's house. It was funny. We were like driving on that road anyway. And then my sister was like, wait, let me look up Shep's address. You can just like Google it. And I, mean, I always wonder if they show the actual facade of his out no, they of his do. house or if that's a fake house. No, that's like actually his house. Um and we were driving on that road anyway. It's like one, it's like a strip of land. So it's like one road basically. And we were like four minutes until Shep's house. Oh my God, this is perfect. And we drove by and his Audi was Taylor Was, was Taylor bringing in groceries and stuff? I wish. No, we saw his Audi and we were like, where's little Craig? Um, <laughs> yeah, but then we went into the city of Charleston um, with my boyfriend for the weekend. And that was really nice. We did some exploring. I wanted to walk by Patricia's house. Um, but we didn't get a chance to do that. We did go to sewing down South though, but Craig wasn't there. What was and it like? Uh, some, somebody else had visited recently and said it was very sparse. It's like they needed more inventory. It was pretty, I actually, it was funny because we were walking and it's right across the street from Republic, which is Leva's um, bar. Yeah. 
That's going to be the new Vander. That's going to be the new Vanderpump Rules, you guys, because they are making a show at Leva's Bar uh, with like bartenders and waitresses yeah. and stuff at Republic. And they're directly across the street. And we were walking by like on our way to dinner one night. And I was like, oh, this store looks cute. And then I was like, sewing down south. Well, you what were the? not that aware at all that you were like, this store is cute. And you thought it was like a Pier 1 Imports or something? There are so, no, but like there are so many cute little shops and boutiques on King Street. Like so many. Like, I don't know if you've been to Charleston, but like we walked Never. in so many cute little shops. Actually, this one place that we went, I do not remember the name, but it's a honey store. So it's like all honey stuff. And they have mead tasting. So if you know mead, it like- Oh, I love mead. Of, yeah, from yeah. like Game of Thrones. It's so good. It's the first alcohol that's ever been like discovered. And we actually <laughs> bought a we bought a bottle of it to bring back. Does it does it mess you up? Yeah, I mean it's like a high alcohol content, like doesn't taste like alcohol. It's so good. God, like what, um, I wish they made more things like mead these days. Well, I was like, why aren't we taking <laughs> shots of mead instead of like disgusting tequila and vodka? Like, why aren't we drinking? Let's normalize mead. Make it fun again. Yeah. Make by the way, make drinking fun again and not hey, let's get away from all these truly and all that kind of BS. Let's get back to like mead. Yeah, seriously. I want a pint of mead. Fill me oh. up. Fill me up. Fill my let's pump. go to Punta Mita and drink mead. It's me, PK. Hey, speaking of real quick, I know we're, we're going to go all over the, the map here, but real quick, do you think I should be offended or we should be offended that we weren't um, given a cease and desist by Diana Jenkins or her law team? Honestly, like, yeah, I do. Very I do kind of, yeah. Like, I don't feel, I feel like I'm not one of the cool kids and I feel like. I know. I I've, feel left out. I mean, we've talked things. I mean, we haven't, we haven't, we've always said allegedly, but I feel like we should have been on that watch list as well. Oh, 100%. We should have gotten assist and deceased. Assist and deceased. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, that makes me thirsty. So be it. But it just feels like always a bridesmaid, never a bride with this thing, you know? Like Diana doesn't even know who we exist. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, do I even exist if I didn't get it? What if she's like, I think Sophie and Ryan very funny. So I'm not offended by them. Yeah. Maybe she's just like a listener and she likes us. So she's. Oh, yeah. Or maybe Asher is a fan and she's Asher's like, babe, do not do that to them. No, he's like, babe. He's like, like, I'm I'm babe. I'm babe. I'm babe. I'm babe. Okay. Like, Ryan's hot. Ryan, like his mustache is killing it. Hey, girl, get away from my music stand. That's him to Erica Jane. Um, okay, so uh, the big news story today on a Monday, you wake up and you think it's like Labor Day, but overseas, over in uh, this Italy, this Venice, they have the Venice Film Festival, but this has been going on this past couple of days. Huge news out of there. The Darren Aronofsky movie, The Whale with Brendan Fraser, where he plays a 600 pound man. He got one of the most beautiful standing ovations. And if you've read anything about Brendan Fraser's career, you will realize like how emotional that is. He seems like such a good hearted dude. And this film's supposed to be amazing. That's great. But then today we had the Don't Worry Darling uh, red carpet premiere movie thing, press like junkets. And the whole big news with this, you guys, is Florence Pugh said she would walk the red carpet, but she would not participate in the Q&A. And there were pictures of them on the red carpet. Harry Styles supposedly dating Olivia Wilde, even though they are not acknowledging each other or standing next to each other. And Florence Pugh is not acknowledging Harry Styles or Olivia Wilde, the director. What are your thoughts on all of this? First of all, did you see the clip 
of I don't even know what the question was. I just saw the clip of Harry going around of him answering a question. Yeah, because he goes, a movie. He goes, what do you like? He goes, I like about it. It's like a movie, like a real movie. Where it's like oh, a big movie, and yeah, and Chris Pine is looking like disassociating completely. His soul wanted to leave his body. Yeah, he's like, What I like about this movie is that it's a movie, it's yeah. you know, what <laughs> one of those movies, it's a film that makes you want to go to the movies. And Chris Pine is like, Oh my god, uh, yeah, by the way, like, yeah, the only so person that can that make Harry me- Styles is just discovering what acting is. Well, also, Harry Styles, dude, Harry Styles, don't even try to attempt talking about movies after what Nicole Kidman has done for movies with AMC. That's the only person I want to talk about being at a movie theater is Nicole Kidman. Like we come to this. Yes. But like Harry Styles, Harry Styles isn't used to being made fun of either. So I have a feeling this is going to dent his ego a little bit because there is nonstop Harry love and there still is. But this is the first like chink where people have made fun of him for something. Oh, yeah. Well, he's been just getting a lot of hate in general the past, like, few weeks over all this drama with Don't Worry, Darling. Um, And, yeah, it's also apparently... Okay, so you can see that Florence was, like, not acknowledging Olivia at all. Like, there's definitely, definitely true, like, a lot of this stuff going on. Without a doubt. Um, The movie also isn't getting great reviews. Yeah, you guys already, from 18 reviews, it's now at a 37% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's from 18 reviewers. That's, you know, not audience score at all. So that'll come out when the movie gets released in a week or so. Um, But yeah, it says the drama behind the scenes, and this actually relates to Housewives a lot. And what we say about the Housewives is the drama behind the scenes is eclipsing actually what's on the screen. And that's what the Los Angeles Times said in their review. I'm going to go see it. I'm excited to see it regardless, but I'm not, I've got no skin in the game. So it looks like just one of those kind of, you know, movies about like men doing badly behind the scenes, which is like the plot of real life right now. But why do we always pit two women this is my question to you. Like Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde. Olivia Wilde, there's not a lot of female directors directing at this level in terms of a blockbuster Warner Brothers film. Why do we always pit these women together? Or do you think they did this to themselves and Olivia truly did do something to Florence? I mean, we saw the video with uh, Shia LaBeouf where there seems to be some kind of like Shia come back. Miss Flo is just being Miss Flo and kind of bad-mouthing oh Florence Pugh. Well, it's, I mean, it's just our culture of misogyny and even internalized misogyny where I see a lot of women just like being thrilled to attack Olivia Wilde. And she's also been tormented by Harry Styles fans (laughs) for months now. Um, And yeah, I'm not even seeing a lot of support for, you know, like FKA twigs. Like people are like, Olivia wanted to bring, first of all, that video that she made where she was like Miss Flo, that was before. And I think we talked about this. We talked video, about it a little bit last week. Yeah, because there was a whole yeah. video, you guys, of her in the car driving. And this was before the movie had even started filming. And there was this rumor or 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 Olivia said, that's why Shia was not in the movie. And Shia was like, no, I quit your movie. Supposedly it was over rehearsals or whatever. And this was a director, like any director would do of like, yo, we can work this out. We can do this, this, this. But she did say Miss Flo kind of- um, uh, Patronizingly. Yeah, kind of patronizing, saying like she might be somewhat of a diva. So that of course didn't look good when Olivia said all this other stuff on top of, isn't it weird that the Jason Sudeikis stuff even kind of blew up further in this past couple of weeks because Olivia won't talk about Harry Styles or Florence Pugh, but she will talk about Jason Sudeikis and their custody battle. 
Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm not seeing a lot of people coming to defend FKA Twigs. Or Which, by the way, is her. Shia LaBeouf's ex-girlfriend that right. there was a lawsuit against her. Yes, or there yes. was, yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, how much of this is about like standing up against male abusers versus like you are literally just thrilled to attack a woman at all costs. Um, and yeah, Olivia definitely, from what I've seen, probably hasn't handled a lot of this in the best way. Um, like I wish- I almost wish that she would come out and like clear the air a little bit instead of like letting the rumor mill and all of this. Like, I wish that she would kind of clear the air with some of this stuff. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what to think in terms of like, you know, is Olivia the bad guy or the good guy here? It's probably somewhere in between. I think yeah. it's probably more nuanced than that. Um, but yeah, it's sad to watch everyone tear her down so gleefully because it's like, yeah, she is one of these women directors that we should be supporting and we should be cheering on. And instead it's like this moment has become all about the drama. All yeah. And looking for clues, looking for clues about what she's done wrong. And then I right. saw a rumor today that, Oh, Harry had hooked up with Florence before Olivia. And that's why that Florence too. is upset. And I'm like, come on guys. Do we have to, I mean, that might be Wait, true, but do we have to I immediately actually, sexualize everything? Wait, but I actually did hear that. <laughs> like, I actually did hear that. Greg Grippo said that at the Charleston airport today. No, but I actually did hear that from someone I trust. And I don't know if it's true or not, but I also think that that could lend credence to some of the tension. I don't know, but that is what I heard and I didn't want to say it. And so I'm glad you brought it up. I say, hey, listen, I'll say are, it. Yeah, I'll say it. Mention it all that Florence and Harry were hooking up before Harry and Olivia started. And that caused tension because Florence and she was cheating on Zach Braff. So it couldn't have come out then. Like that would have been bad. And, um, and Olivia was cheating on Sudeikis. Allegedly. allegedly. Well, Olivia and Sudeikis, I think their marriage had been over for some time, which is also what I heard, which again, it like paints everything in a different light. When you realize that Jason and Olivia were over. Florence and Harry were hooking up before Olivia. Like it, it really like you have to take out, take all of these factors into consideration, but the general public is just seeing, you know, what yeah. the general public is seeing. So it's like, yeah, of course this picture is being painted of Olivia as this big, bad adulteress who was like, you know, kind of bullying the actress that she was supposed to be supporting and all of these things. When I think that there was a lot more going on behind the scenes. So, but, but then once again, but, I mean, we, we watch housewives and Bravo. So everything kind of, leads back to there i feel like it's like if that were to be true of that rumor of like florence and harry and then harry and olivia i would like to relate it on uh the only difference is height here is an austin kroll kind of situation is why are we painting pointing the fingers at any of these ladies and why don't we point the finger straight at this mr styles and going why are you fucking with your co-star and your director you know it's like and this guy isn't even six four six five like austin kroll is I love his music. I'm a Harry fan, but come on. Why are we all we're we're once again, even with this, we're saying like, well, these women both slept with this dude when it's like this dude seems like he just came in and laid havoc to this set. That's Sorry, true. Harry fans. No, that's true. That's true. But that's how our society is. It's always about the women wrongdoers and never about the man. Um, and yeah, what else? Wait, there's something else that reminded me of that, too. About, oh, by the way, oh, Olivia oh, guys oh, did Southern, uh, Charm, Southern Charm, how the Paige and Naomi thing, where everyone, yeah, Craig set that up. 
Craig is clearly telling Paige that Naomi is like still in love with him and wants to get back together. Like, why are we not blaming Craig in this situation? Well, like, that's right. like the same thing. Did you wait? Did you watch Southern Charm this week? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I got to tell you, like, when Naomi pulled Paige aside, there is like, I, I literally got scared when Paige just was sitting there just sipping her drink while Naomi was kind of tripping over her words, which is hard because Naomi usually is sort of well spoken, but it seems like she's in her flop era between this and hooking up with Whitney. Um, but like Paige, I mean, Paige really, she must be like, like her ego must be filled right now because she's kind of killing it in the scenes on Southern. Like she is like breezing through this season easily. Like Naomi's almost scared of her at this point. She's always says her little joke. Well, please, why, why do you disagree? Paige looks like a clown. She's like, <laughs> she's like, everyone here is pastel. Beige. Oh, yeah. I'm a basic Betty. Like, I want to just wear black. And it's like, Paige, since when are you like this goth, like chic New Yorker? You're not. You wear like pastel Zara sets all the freaking time. Like, I feel like she's playing up like her New Yorker thing, and it's so embarrassing. Oh, yeah. And then she keeps showing up to these events wearing like the most embarrassing outfits. Like she doesn't get how people dress in Charleston. She's like trying really hard. I don't know. She's like pissing to be me fair. Off. I don't even know if Catherine knows how people dress in Charleston. Did you see that little number with the pink and the? I don't. I mean, I'm not a. Imagine I'm an old Navy man, but it just seemed a little off to me. But Was that considered Catherine. fashion? That's yeah. Catherine. I feel like that's just. And Catherine doesn't claim to be a fashionista. Like, I don't know. I just feel like the the page scenes are so, like, manufactured and fake and just, like, annoying. And she's putting on this, like, New Yorker role. Well, that's, but I'm, but she's I, playing I cool girl. I disagree. I can admit say She's that playing cool girl. And I think it works trying, with them. She's trying to play a cool girl. And it's not working for the audience. Maybe for Aud- the cast members. See, that's what I'm saying. Audience, not the cast member. The cast members buy it completely. But like, yeah, and I I can admit that I'm biased because I'm not a Paige fan after, you know, her summer house shenanigans. Um, So, yeah, I'm glad she's standing upright for once. I so (laughs) But you can tell it takes a lot out of her. Paige, as we always say, does her best work horizontally. And and I don't mean that a sexual way. I mean, literally just sleeping and laying there on her phone. Um, I also saw, I mean, I would imagine this is probably one of the last weekends that they're filming Summer House. And I saw photos of the new cast members and Craig seems like he's been there every weekend. And we did a story a couple of weeks ago about People Magazine, Craig dropped 20 pounds and he press released it. And I did see a photo of Craig with his shirt off and he looks great. I'm so proud of that man. Very inspiring. But I do have a feeling Craig is a full-time cast member of Summer House now too. Oh God. I don't know how much more I can take of those two. I really don't. Uh, they're little baby voices. <laughs> hey, hey, babe, babe. I like doing weird things with you, like going shopping and like getting gas and stuff. I like grocery store. I I can't wait till they're with together with each other all the time, where that little shit wears off real quick. Where it's like, get in the Rite Aid, get me my tampons, and let's get out of here. You know, he's like, yep. babe, let's have fun. Yeah, uh, exactly. And also there was something really weird. I got to tell you, not erotic in any sense, but like something weird with Paige pulling out the innards of the turkey. And it made me think that like Paige wears the pants sexually in that family, if you know what I mean, with Craig. 
Like she put her hand immediately in that turkey and I was just, and with no bones about it. And I just think that like, and Craig, you know, I think Craig's a more like I'm a Harry Styles kind of dude that he's up for any, like, I know that's a crazy thing that I'm saying, but I just didn't anybody realize like he was kind of squeamish and she was like, let me get right in there. You know? I, I mean, good for them. Good for them. <laughs> but yeah, and I'm the guy who like is I I have a weird thing about cooking raw meat, but like I'm that's allowed for me. Yeah. That's not allowed for my for my man. If he got grossed out by cooking raw meat, like no, absolutely not. <laughs> Craig, by the way, you guys, Southern Charm is so stupid. Craig has, Craig had a talking head where he talked about the time why he is scared of raw meat. And it was something like, a, like some kind of cook off oh, where 130 people died because it was cross contamination. Yeah. yeah, they said that. They put they had like raw turkeys in these like containers and then they cooked them and then they put them back in the containers of the raw turkey. Like, why would they do that for salt? And he was like a hundred, like a hundred and forty people like went to the hospital. I was like, I want to shot want a fucking documentary about this. Like, why I don't want to I don't give a fuck about Friendsgiving. I want to know more about the 130 people that got cross-contaminated because Craig didn't wash his hands right, you know? I want yeah, I want to know the backstory of like the people that were like, yeah, let's just put the cooked turkey back in the raw meat juice. That's gonna end well. And Craig goes, and I saw him, I saw him use the same balls as the thing. And then we just act like he didn't tell this story about all of these people just getting violently ill. It, it's the guys, I don't know. Southern Charm is the weirdest show, and I love it so much. It's so weird though. And then like the, there was even a scene with Whitney and Patricia. Like Whitney was only in one scene because he had to go to Texas, but he's sitting there like eating brie and drinking wine with his mom and like they're cutting in cutting between like Naomi talking to her mom about like you know what I'm just kind of going with the flow and then they cut back to Whitney and no offense to Whitney but he's like a, he's like me he's like a bump on a log eating a block of brie with his mom you know I know and I just for me I'm like I don't know why Patricia even needs I know that they want her to be kind of like the Lisa Vanderpump of Southern Charm but it's like that's her one scene of the show of the episode where she's like, Hey, for napkins, you know, better than that. <laughs> yeah. Pay, pay for nap. Well, Whitney, I pay for napkins. Oh, I taught I'll you say, better I'll than say. that. I'll say, I'll say, by the way, Patricia did meet Sutton uh, like a couple months ago, which I would love to have seen that meeting. Oh, um, oh also just to go back that don't worry, darling. The only thing Olivia Wilde did say in regards to the rumors is that she says, quote, that the internet can have their fun with that. And they seem like they're doing a good enough job creating that, that I don't need to feed that fuel at all. Um, yeah. Yeah. But um, it got a four minute standing ovation also at Venice. This is another thing you always read about these film festivals, like the whale, that other one got like a six or eight minute standing ovation. Have you ever stood ovation wise for like, I think mine, like 30 second tops, I would be so annoyed if I saw a movie and then had to stand up for eight minutes clapping afterwards. Right. That that's like exclusively a film festival thing. Right, yeah, it totally is. Do people do that in theaters? Like, can you imagine? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like maybe Star Wars for some of those geeks, but like, there's no way I've seen people stand up after the Nicole Kidman AMC thing. And that's not a yeah. joke. I went and saw that new screen movie months and months ago. And they had that AMC thing. The whole audience stood up after the Nicole. It was actually, it was kind of, actually very inspiring but um uh a place like this it does it's no movies are amazing even though i don't think they're i don't think i don't think we're long for movies the way that streaming and all that seems to be going um 
Okay, moving on to uh, it's been a really weird week. First off, the weekend did his uh, stadium concert in Los Angeles this past Saturday, and he had to stop three songs in because he said his voice gave out. And this is a stadium show. You're like 80,000 people, Los Angeles. The stars are out and you have to cancel three songs in because he said he couldn't give the show that he wanted to go, that everybody would get refunds. I mean, just insurance and money alone, that has just got to be horrible. Do you think like on something like that, somebody needs to push through? Like, what do you, I mean, can you even imagine the horror? It seems like his voice, I saw a video and it seems like his voice actually did go out. And I think The Weeknd is one of those artists that like genuinely really does care about his fans and putting on a performance. So like, I, you know, I don't think anyone should push themselves. That goes for like any career, whether you're an athlete or like whoever it is. Like, if you can't do it, you can't do it. Take care of yourself, boo. I mean, the only thing though, thinking of like, if you had known even beforehand, like that's the only thing of like to do it on stage is wild. I, I was saying I that everyone needs a refund. That's how oh, I, and I don't think that's going to even be an issue. Like I was saying that happened to me once at the forum in Los Angeles, back when Kanye did the life of Pablo tour, that one on the lighted stage, I was there on one of the nights where he said his voice went out, but it was like three or four shows before he had a full mental breakdown. And we were like three or four. We were, I was on the floor of the forum and the lighting stays just like he would be on it and it would just move and the crowd would move. It was like really scary. And all of a sudden he goes, I can't do this. I got to stop. I can't do this anymore. My voice is not going to do this. Everybody will get refunds. Go home. And I, I was like... I was on the, I thought it was going to be like a stampede because it was really scary all of a sudden because there's no seats. Everybody's just following this lighted stage, yeah. but, he, and by the way, everybody got refunds pretty much. I, I, I think it was like the next day. So that wasn't an issue, but I just can't imagine at a stadium show like that, the pressure you have to feel. And then to like, I mean, I, that's just gotta be, I mean, good for him for saying that, but you think about like the normal person you know, pays for a babysitter, goes to pay $40 for parking at like, you know, like so much goes into even just getting out there. That's like, I just can't imagine what he must feel I like. Know. Yeah, that would suck. I mean, it definitely sucks for the audience members. It sucks for him. Um, but it happens, you know, it's like, what can you do? I would have gotten up there on a mic and said, let's keep this party going. Like, you know? Yeah, that's what I would <laughs> Yeah, that's what he would Hey, anybody want to do a star is born with me? Yeah. Um, happy birthday. This is actually nice news. Beyonce turned 41. Zendaya turned 26. Happy birthdays to them. Um, now to some sadder news. Uh, Kanye is on Instagram again. Oh God. Uh, And also if you want to kind of, you know, this would be interesting. I always thought like, Oh, I wonder if Sophie will write about this. The differences between Kanye's Instagram and Britney's Instagram and in terms of how we treat both of them, uh, both have like mental issues that they talk openly about. But this week, Britney is um, very sad, you know, because they did a 60 Minutes Australia piece, Kevin Federline and uh, her sons, or at least Jaden spoke, the other son didn't. And Britney had a really hard time with that. And even today, or I think it was yesterday or today, you know, did a two and a half minute voice note on her Instagram, pretty much to her son, kind of saying how disappointed she was. And because Jaden had said she doesn't think that Britney's dad is a bad guy, was just trying to help her. Did you follow any of this? Yeah, I was following it. And I think, I mean, I I think it's apples and oranges when it comes to Kanye and Britney. Like, I just don't think it's necessary to compare them. Um, I think the Britney situation is 
I can understand this Jaden wanting to defend his father. I can understand that. Um, yeah, I think it's a complicated issue. I think that Brittany, I don't know if social media is the best for her. Um, even though she did make, I mean, the, the, the voice note did make sense to me. It's just that, would you do that to your child? Even being the adult, that, that would be the question. Do you sacrifice? I don't know. It's like, I keep yeah, thinking about no, it. I know it's tough. Um, I think that, I don't know how to feel about that. I think it's tough. I think that the difference between her and Kanye mainly is that Kanye like exclusively uses social media to lash out at people. And like, I feel yeah. like Britney is more so speaking her own truth. Yes. And Kanye is kind of always just lashing out and trying to like make other people's lives hell. Um, as, 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 as a, as almost like a, um, a ploy for business in a way. Like that's what I meant in comparison yeah. is, is that, they're both talking about their kids, but Brittany, I understand, is it seems like very hurt. Whereas Kanye almost throws right. out his kids in terms of like it. a he like weaponizes them exactly in terms of well, this is like Kim did this, and I'm not going to let my kids do porn and Adidas and Gap. You better let me in. I'm all about my kids now. I'm all about Adidas and I'm all about Gap. And I'm like, you know what? You should have just said you're all about your kids, and that's it. You know, you bring in the two business things in there. Kanye's always professing to want to be the father that he couldn't even physically be just because he's in 8 billion places at once trying right. to do all of these things. But it seems like he weaponizes, whereas Brittany, you actually sense this true hurt. Exactly. Exactly. There you I go. Mean, so why I just get so frustrated. Is that like Kanye screams and yells until he gets his way. But then Brittany, I feel like that's what I just get frustrated. Cause sometimes I feel like then we, we almost discount, I don't know, discount Britney's feelings and emotions of go like, well, I don't know if that's like, because right. you can sense it comes from a true place, but Kanye just keeps screaming until we just bow down and go, okay, man, do whatever you want. People are always going to defend whatever Kanye does. It's like, he will always get defended. He could murder someone and get defended um, by the internet. Like, it's just how it is. He is just always getting excuses made for him. And yeah, and people think it's, he's funny. Like people look at yeah. him as entertainment. They think it's funny. They think it's hilarious. Whereas with Britney, they're like, oh, that's sad. So yes. it's like, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, Kanye in one of his things this week in the, he did one of those newspaper headlines like he did with like Skeet Davidson, dead at. He did it of the president of Adidas saying like, you know, dead at 80 or some shit like that. And then in the very small print says, and Kid Cudi as well, but nobody knows who he is. So in one fail Instagram post, he literally like says something about the death of the whole president of Adidas, which Yeezys are distributed through. And then also on top of that, throws in a small joke about Kid Cudi, who has also talked about, you know, being, uh, you know, mentally unhealthy at times, thought about killing himself, all of this stuff. Like, why are you doing this? Like, I feel like that, but that's business these days. Like, that's like a power exactly. move. It makes no sense, but he gets attention from it. People are entertained and it's just his shtick. So, yeah, yeah it is. It's just people are feeding into it. Uh on a lighter note, have you seen this Elvis movie? No, but my parents said, my mom said she thought Austin Butler did a good job. My dad said he didn't think he did a good job. And all okay. I kept thinking of was when he was like, oh, thanks for coming out to see Lings the movie. Yeah, I, 
appreciate all the support. Well, everybody's seen this movie. It makes me feel real good. And Deeves inside. Yeah. No. So you guys, it's streaming on HBO Max. Boz Lerman, Moonlight, like, you know, really. So I watch it. It's like two hours and 40 minutes. And I'd wanted to see it in the theater and I didn't get to. So I'm watching this. I think Austin Butler, amazing job. That confident of a performance from somebody that I, I'm not that really well aware of Austin Butler. But the real mess of this movie is Mr. Thomas Hanks. Like this guy, yeah. he plays the Colonel who is a real life. And I went and then watched Colonel clips of the real Colonel because the accent Tom Hanks uses, which is, he's like, Matthew Ball, come here, Mr. Black. Well, you want to be a Elvis? I'm your snowman. It's like the weirdest so voice. I to be like, what is his accent in real well, life? It, it, I, they don't. <laughs> It sounded foreign at times and he couldn't pronounce his W. So he'd be like, my boy, we got a member. I'm trying to think of the right line to do it with. But it was it was one of those things where it was so bad where I thought I was doing one of my Beverly Hills accents where I was like, and Austin Butler is killing it. And Tom Hanks is one of the best actors there is. And I just kept thinking like, no way. Like, no, they let the, and he's in this nutty professor fat suit. So it, it looks so weird. And Tom Hanks is like the, like, you know, he's the other lead of the movie. It is, but Austin Butler does so good. And the film is so interesting in the way it's pieced together musically that it's still great. Like I highly recommend it, but the Tom Hanks thing will take you out. And I feel like that's so weird because the next Tom Hanks movie, I think comes out in like a week. He's doing Geppetto and Pinocchio. He's like my little boy Geppetto. It's like, is this the weird accent phase of Tom Hanks's career? I need to watch it now. I really you, need to no. watch it just to like see what everyone's talking about. You've got to watch it. And I have a feeling 80% of you is going to love it. Have you ever watched um have you ever watched Ambulance, the mo- the Jake Gyllenhaal movie? By Michael Bay. I haven't. Is it good? I've been watching it. I've been watching it like in between naps today. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. I think next on my list is going to be Elvis then. Wait, when you fall asleep during an intense movie like Ambulance, do you then put that intensity into your dream? I, you know what's weird? I've been, because I was on vacation and part of like my vacation regimen and my entire family is like beach or pool, shower, long nap before dinner. Like we're big nappers in my family. My napping dreams are like so intense. And then when I sleep at night, it's just like nothing. Head empty, no thoughts. Like, I don't know. It's weird. I don't know if anyone else is like this. If you are, let me know in the comments. <laughs> yeah, guys, smash that like button and leave a smash comment. That, How messed that. up are your dreams? Yeah. No, I get scared though, because my dream, like I would, I started taking melatonin like a year or two ago. And those, so those, those intensify your dreams. But now sometimes I don't take melatonin and I still have melatonin dreams. Like, if that makes sense, like, it's like now when I go to as you get older, I'm like, oh, great. Now for the rest of my life, I have to go to sleep and be scared of like who I bump into in my dreams. It's always like 30 people from my past. I'm at my high school, but I'm my age now. Sad. Like I always always wake up when I have a dream about someone from my past that I haven't like spoken to in a while. I'm like, oh my God, that's sad. What's my mind trying to tell me? Yeah. I mean, truly what is my mind trying to tell me? Um, Wait, Sophie, and I don't know if this actually this is a question for your boyfriend as well, just in terms of how threatened he feels. Uh, Leo DiCaprio did break up with uh, Camilla Marone, who supposedly is an amazing, a good actor herself. Twenty five years young, you guys. 
Is your boyfriend threatened at all now that Leo is back out on the scene? Oh my God, I'm way too old for him. What do you mean? But you could get a fake ID and be like 23. If he, if, if Leo asked to check your ID, we give you a fake that says 23, you're in the game. Okay, I'm going to be a realist here. I'm no supermodel. Wow, wow. What if he's a fan that, of your writing? What if, what if he's like, a fan of your Substack? What if he's just like a fan of my personality? <laughs> like... I know it's a common misconception that I do model on the side, but it is a, it is a, it is something that confuses a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> he also like someone put like a pick stitch together of like all of his ex girlfriends, and they're literally they all have the same shade of like blonde highlights, like really same boob tan. size too. Have you noticed that? Yeah, like big boobs, tan skin, like blonde highlights, like kind of like you know, a little bit ambiguous looking, like some of them are Brazilian, some of them are Dutch. Like they're all just like, really like just gorgeous supermodel, like of course, yeah. but like they all look the same. Like that's what I'm saying. I imagine like the Victoria's Secret, like email that goes out to the models this week of like, be on high alert, Leo's out there. He's gonna be looking. So just alert. be on your bet. Do, don't overeat this Labor Day girls. Um, what do you think, Tom, what do you think, Leo, like being that powerful in, in the, in this like movie star life so long, do you think he gives a shit that we all make fun of him for this at all? Um, I doubt it. Yeah. I was trying I to think like what he really, thinks. I, I really feel like he doubts it. I think the thing that probably does bother him that people make fun of is the fact that he's like an environmental activist who takes a private plane, a private jet to the grocery store. Like people are like, you're a fucking hypocrite. I'm sorry. I understand that celebrities get like flooded. And like, if I were rich, I would want to fly private too. I get it. Yeah. But it's like you can wear, if Leo wore like a, a hat and like glasses and like, I, he won't even have to wear an elaborate disguise. I don't think people would be like Leonardo DiCaprio, like, Fly commercial like the rest of us, especially if you're an environmental activist. So well, yeah, during I Titanic, I would have gotten it. Like when he at the height of like that, yeah. the height of his insane, insane yeah, fame. Now he's like, a, like you know, he's fifty pounds heavier than he was then. He's, you know, kind of. You no, know, not, not even. He's just. He's just. He's just a guy. Like he's just getting he's older. Just like a guy. It, he's just a guy now. Like he is obviously like Leo DiCaprio, very good looking. Like by any person's standard, very talented actor. But he is a little rough around the edges now. That's okay. We love him for it. And um, yeah, I think he could probably fly commercial, and not have to worry. The Kardashians. I understand because their body shape is hard to disguise. Fit on a plane? Oh. But I don't think, and hard to fit on a plane. <laughs> I don't think they would like want to not be recognized. Like they love being flooded by fans. And I'm yeah. sure that's the excuse they use. But yeah, I think all of these celebrities that exclusively fly private and then have the gonads to talk about the environment, <laughs> like shut up. Just like I'll if you're going to fly private everywhere, don't act like you care about the environment or <laughs> care about people because you don't. Also, Leo, you know, a good way to meet like new up and coming young girls is flying commercial. Like oh, you're not going to let me like flying stuff. private. You're not There's no chance to meet young girls. Like if you fly like American Airlines on a Sunday, you're like, you're going to meet like a younger girl in that, that airplane you area. Totally meet some hotties on a plane through security. Yeah. Um. Uh, also, Taylor Swift, you guys announced her new album called Midnight's. Uh, she announced it at the MTV 
uh, were those the music awards movie? I don't know. I, MTV had some award show. Taylor won an award and announced her new uh, album, Midnights, which is not a re-recording of an old album. It's an all new album that will be coming out in what, like a month or something like that? Like, yeah, it's October. What is it? October 21st. I'm so excited. Oh, uh, me too. I'm like, I'm fully like, I just signed up for the uh, Swift, Ar- the Swifties, the Swift Army, but I, I mean, I don't know anybody that does promotion better, like still classy, still gets everybody excited. Like even the one picture she posted got over like a million likes. Like it was like the most liked picture on Twitter last week. I mean, it's just, she seems like she does everything so right and thought out, but it still feels genuine. Yeah, no, exactly. She's very, I mean, she is a marketing genius and a branding genius and yeah. I feel like she likes to do it too. I feel like she likes the work. Oh, she does. She could retire now. She wouldn't have, she has nothing left to prove. She has like how many successful studio albums? Like, I don't even know. 30. So it's like, yeah, she could retire now, but she loves what she does and people love her for it. And yeah, keep going, Taylor. I need that serotonin boost. Dude, you better, I want to fucking weep. You better make me weep this holiday season, Taylor. I want to cry like a baby. Um, Speaking of, uh, back to Leo real quick, he used to date Giselle Boonchin, and this is a sports story, kind of, but Tom Brady, I don't know if you know him, he's a football player, uh, Sophie, and he he missed some of this this training camp, supposedly, because him and Gis- Giselle Boonchin got in a fight, and he came back, and he's like, listen, folks, I'm 45, shit happens, but supposedly, he's in a fight with Giselle for, like, not retiring. Okay, I believe it. And speaking of Leo, Giselle and Leo used to date. Um, but I believe it because, yeah, I'm sure it's freaking frustrating. Tom Brady is like the most psychotic person in sports. <laughs> like, he And I was actually talking to my boyfriend about it. He was like, well, what's the big deal? It's only for like part of the year. But it's like if you take training camp and all of like the preparation that Tom Brady does and how he probably goes to like the stadium at 3 a.m. and comes home at like midnight. He's obsessed, obsessed, obsessed. Like, yeah, it's understandable that out of six months of the year, him literally not being around at all would be frustrating. And for her to get her hopes up that he was retiring and then he's like, psych, actually, I'm back. He's like, I'm not fucking leaving. Well, Sophie, that was that was because they made the announcement that he was retiring. Then he spent a couple months with his exactly. family. And he was like, I do not like this. This was not fun for me, you know? Exactly. So I can understand why that would be frustrating. And honestly, I, I believe it. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up separating. But it's like, I don't know. I think that he really is at the point where he needs to choose between football and family. And he's, what, 45 years old. Like, I think Giselle has been hoping for a long time. He's accomplished everything. Like Taylor Swift. Yes. He's accomplished everything there is to accomplish. Like he, when he was on the Patriots, no, we're talking football, bro. Guys, Patriots, if you don't know, that's another football team that Tom used to be a part of. Yeah. So like a lot of people, they, he won, I don't know, six Super Bowls with the Patriots. And some people, it was like, was it Bill Belichick, the coach, or was it Tom Brady? Is Tom Brady just a system quarterback, meaning you can plug and play whatever quarterback in and they would win in the system. And Tom Brady was like, no, I'm going to prove everyone wrong. Went to the Buccaneers in his first season there, won a Super Bowl with them. Like, he could have retired at that moment, and people would have been like, yeah, greatest of all time. Like, he has nothing left to prove, and yet 
here he is. Like if I were him and I were rich and had accomplished everything there is to accomplish, I'd be like, bye. I'm going to go be rich and relax. I'll never understand people that like just keep working when they don't have to like, but that's when you see it's a real sickness. Like it's, it's a, it, 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 like that athletes have a lot in common with artists in that way, where there's like this mentality there that they, it just tunnel vision and it does not matter. People don't matter. Family don't matter. It's like, it's just that it's consuming, all consuming, you know? This is what I think Tom Brady and Taylor Swift have that in common. Like, I think they're both psychotic about what they do and good for them. That's what's like helped made them so successful in their respect. At the same time, you can't have everything. You see that they might, Tom might ruin his whole family for it. Um, Okay, as we start winding down here, um, did you get to see the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, City trailer for season three this week? Oh my God, it looks amazing. And I love like the opera music they do at the end. <laughs> Why do you think Heather has that black eye? Heather Gay. Was it Jen Shaw? That's immediately, I we don't know yet, but that's immediately where my mind went, that Jen punched her. Somebody and wrote on a comment like, that- he can't have another like legal situation. So we're just going to like, keep it hush, hush. But See, always, I've always been under the impression that Jen's kind of like a, like a pussy in the sense of like, she barks a lot, but like, you know, you would like hit her with one hit and like knock her out. But I heard somebody said this in a comment that said like, you know, Heather does that beauty lab and laser. She said it looked like a botched, like, like eye filler or something maybe, which kind of wouldn't maybe make sense. Like a, like a, like a bad filler or something like that. Like you, you know, like sometimes like you bruise from a needle, maybe I mean, not like that. Like I've gotten that before and no, that's no. That's okay. Cream. Like it's normal to have a little bit of bruising, some swelling, whatever, but like for it to literally be a black eye only on one side, like that's weird. Did she, what did she say in the trailer again? Like, didn't she allude to the fact that someone hit her? She said, like, did somebody hit you? Like, uh, yeah, maybe it was like something, it was like very, and then yeah, like, like, so it could be like a, you know, complete clickbait from the producers, but like, I choose to believe that, yes, she got punched. And then at the end, we see kind of Heather push uh, Whitney aside to like, and when it's like, oh, oh, oh you, you push me like against the wall that I thought, I found it interesting. And I'm so curious legally, like, because she did plead guilty in the season three trailer, she's like, it's this Stuart Smith. This wouldn't be happening if Stuart didn't set me up. Like, are you, is Bravo allowed? I mean, once somebody pleads guilty, are you allowed to put all this information out there pointing fingers at this other person once you've pled guilty? Stuart, like, shut up, liar. I mean, like, like, at this point, Stuart already pled, uh, like, you know, and, and went against you. So that's my always thing of like, is this, how much of this season is going to be about Jen saying she's innocent until the very last episode when she pleads guilty? I'm, I'm curious. The trailer like very much got me invested after like what I thought was a lackluster last season. I did too. For, so, for, for, for what should have been the best season of all time for what yeah. they had happened. Right. I think that I'm not missing Mary Cosby. I'm going to be honest. I'm not missing her in the trailer. I am fine. I feel like that was like a whole other thing. That yeah. Was Cause you're arguing with somebody that's not even in the same conversation that you're in. Right, exactly. I mean, like, I'm saying, like it's not, funny for a second. She's not operating in the same like universe as anyone else. So I think that this, these five plus the friend of fr- the few friends of dude, that one girl that told Jen, like, yeah. you better be nice to me because I, I won't put money on your books in prison. 
Yeah. Oh my God. That was so epic. I loved that. I'm excited for her, whoever she is. Yeah. And also the the rumor that gets brought up that Lisa Barlow is giving allegedly sexual favors to put in Vita Tequila in bars. Like, listen, I used to run a bar and like I got free tickets to a Lakers game once with Red Bull. But like there was I mean, like that is the most ridiculous rumor. Like I some of these rumors like, come on, like, come on. Like, it's so embarrassing that this shit even makes it to TV, I would imagine. Did you see that Lisa Barlow replied to me on Twitter? No, what'd she say? Oh my god, I need to find it. Yes. Hold on, hold on. You I'll say, re- will you sleep with me if I put a Vita tequila no, in my, my room? I'll read it to you. I'll read it to you. I said, um, if Lisa Barlow has a million fans, I'm one of them. If Lisa Barlow <laughs> has 10 fans, I'm one of them. If Lisa Barlow has only one fan, that is me. If Lisa Barlow has no fans, that means I've left this plane of existence. If the world is against Lisa Barlow, I am against the world. And she goes, it's you and me, Sophie. <laughs> I love her. I, I love her. I, will I, I think she's going to have a great season. I will defend her till the day I die. But I don't think you need to defend. I think she's going to have a great season because I think these rumors are so outlandish. And it's probably all from Jen Shaw because did you see that bullshit Jen Shaw was posting on her stories? Like she wasn't naming Lisa, but she was trying to say this person called my son this and this and this. And it's like, once again, Jen Shaw's whole narrative is to distract. It's distract, throw attention elsewhere instead of ever owning up for shit. Yeah. I mean, that's the tactic when these women are in legal drama like Erica Jane. It's always deflecting. It's always someone else. So yeah, that's going to be annoying watching her deflect and lie on camera. That's going to be frustrating. But but it might be kind of funny because we know the actual truth in the long run, maybe since we do. I I guess it's I'm more worried for the people that don't pay attention like we do, that they actually just believe whatever comes out of Jen's mouth. But it might be fun for us to watch knowing that every time she opens her mouth, it's a lie and we know it for sure. You know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, real quick, speaking of, you mentioned Erica Jane, they are filming the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion this week. I also want to tell everybody, everybody's like, oh, Lisa got fired and all that. I think, you know, maybe that will happen. But remember, I don't think these things happen before they film a reunion or they wouldn't really show up to the reunion, but they filmed this week. That's a yeah, so I'm saying, I'm saying, I do think that she could be not renewed, but just remember, don't go like insane with hearing rumors and all that because they do have to film a four part reunion still. And that would not be wise of them to like do that because Lisa would just not show up. You know, I know they get paid and all of that stuff, but still, it's just ridiculous. Did you watch this week's episode? Uh, I mean, supposedly the Kathy Hilton Aspen stuff were here and I'm not even like Kathy's just making funny comments in a corner so far. And I'm just livid because like Diana's over here, like saying like Sutton's a see you next Tuesday. And once again, it's like where I feel like the audience and the women on the screen, we are at a complete disconnect where they think they're like killing it. And that Sutton's this horrible person when they just look like jackasses. That was so frustrating to watch. It really was. It's just, I just can't with the very obvious hypocrisy. Like, don't act like you stand for anything. Like, I stand for love. I am for love. How are you for love if you're laughing after you call? I can't take, like, the lies. Like, what do you, you're friends with Erica Jane and Lisa Rinna. You're used to the lies. That's all there is. 
I just, I really can't with the hypocrisy and the bullying and it's like not even enjoyable to watch this season. I finally, this, this past week got to that point. Sophie, you've always said that, but this yeah. week, I mean, I did a huge re- cause I just got so frustrated, but I was like, this isn't like, this is gross. Like they're all like, like Sutton's literally quiet what? in a corner, her head down. She's like not cowering, but she's so making herself so small. And like Diana's acting like she's on like deaf comedy jam. Like she just did a mic drop moment and everybody's like, woo. And then Kyle only stands up for Sutton after everybody leaves or in a talking head. It's like the biggest bullshit ever. And then Garcelle, I finally figured it out. This is Erica Jane. Garcelle is the person Erica Jane wishes she was. Garcelle is funnier than Erica. Garcelle makes her own money. Garcelle, like these are all the things that Erica thinks and wishes she was. And I think that's another frustrating element. That's why Erica hates Garcelle. Yeah, and she's a fan favorite. I think a lot of it is probably rooted in jealousy. So, yeah. And it's I hate just, to bring... I think that we've gotten to the point with the audience just, like, truly being fed up where the production has no po- no choice but to make changes. Like, that's just yeah. the They cannot do the same cast next year. Like, I really think ratings for Beverly Hills are always, you know reliably good but i think they would definitely go down next year if they were if it was the same cast even without diana i think they really need to do a shake-up now this just i just yeah i mean i think their shake-up is coming actually but i do want to bring this up just since we're talking about garcelle and so people don't think i'm being ignorant or playing favorites uh garcelle bouvet's son oliver sanders who we have met on the show uh, his wife accuses him of cheating and posted multiple DMs. I think got on his account and just started posting DMs from women that he had hooked up with. He works at Vanderpump, uh, one of the Vanderpump Vegas restaurants. And um, so it looks like he has been with a lot of different women and he's using his DMs and Instagram in a very bad, destructive way. And also they have him on camera going on a date with Raquel Levis from Vanderpump Rules, who had just allegedly made out with Tom Schwartz at Sheena's wedding the week before. And we also had at Pump, Garcelle filming with Lisa Vanderpump. And this is for Vanderpump Rules, you guys. Everybody's saying it's for Beverly Hills. It's not. This will be on an episode of Vanderpump Rules. And also the Raquel Oliver date will be on that as well. But all of this blew up on Friday where Oliver's wife posted all of this stuff. Oliver then went on and said, you know, we are divorcing. Sorry about the drama. Did you see all this stuff? Yes, this is messy. This is going to be interesting. I am very curious to see how it all plays out. <laughs> but Garcelle, too, think about like, but like, if you guys remember Garcelle's divorce from Mike Nylon, it was because he was cheating on her. And Garcelle sent every person in Mike Nylon's contacts a email saying, Mike Nylon cheated on me. It's like an infamous thing that she did years and years ago. It like, so I can't imagine. I mean, Garcelle must have smacked the shit out of Oliver. Well, I mean, I'm so curious because I I know she, especially when it comes to cheating allegations, does not have a soft spot in her heart for that, even if it's her son. So I'm really curious what Garcelle would have to say about this, you know? I know. I know. I'm very curious. And Garcelle and Lisa Vanderpump were filmed, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They were at Pump filming. And then I was like, everybody was all excited. But then those rumors came out then like later that day. And I was like, are they filming about Oliver? And then they were, they did that night, Oliver and Raquel went on a date. So I'm so curious what, and also it just, some of that stuff then with the Raquel, like it kind of reeks almost of like, 
I don't know. There's like something fake to me about it. It's like, guys, don't push too hard. And like Raquel all of a sudden is seeming like the opposite of the Raquel we've known for the last, like Raquel's now making out with just everybody, which is all, that's fine. Guys do that all the time. I, but I am going to love Raquel single era. I'm excited for it. I know, but I'm just saying it just seems Not so out of her element. Oliver cheating on his wife. Cause like, yeah, no, yeah. Great. But like overall, very excited for Raquel's single era. It looks like she is having a hell of a single era, which by so the Tom Schwartz and Raquel stuff is true, right? Uh, yeah, I mean that 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 what from what I heard, it is true. Um, but I, I think it was more of like a dare kind of a thing, a drunken dare. Um, from what I had heard, so. I don't know. I don't think it's something that is going to be lasting. I don't think it lasts past what happened there, but I do know that Katie, as I would be very upset about it, even if you're divorced with somebody to me, that's like, oh man, because that rumor has been going around for so long now when it finally happens. And they, they, I mean, this whole season seems like they're just going to be arguing about their divorce. Like once again, it's going to be miserable for, for them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I'm still going to watch every second of it. Oh, hell yeah. Um, oh. And finally, uh, well, actually, we get the Potomac, uh, supposedly the P- Potomac season trailer today, Tuesday. We get that today, supposedly. So I'm sure that'll be excited. We'll talk about that later this week. Also, uh, shout out to she- uh, Sheree Whitfield from Real Housewives of Atlanta. They had their season finale last night of this season. And She by Sheree had its fashion show. There were 25 pieces. It actually was an am- it was a really great episode. Apollo, Phaedra's ex was in it, walking the runway. I don't know. There was something that gave me a really good feeling, unfortunately. Unfortunately, these good feelings only last for so long because we woke up to the news today that she is charging $180 for uh, pretty much shine. Is that what S-H-E-I-N? Shein? Yeah, there people found that they were like actually she and her Alibaba, like Amazon shit that you can basically order to be, have like a logo on it. So it's not like it was like designed um that's quite a markup 180 bucks if you yeah. i mean like i'm glad you i'm, I'm still it's proud bad. of her i'm still it's, proud of her it's bad for her it's bad for her it's but at really least she <laughs> i mean we've been making fun of her for 14 years i feel like she could have come up with a better way but i guess at least she did it so for for one night she was like the bell of the fashion world and now it's the back to reality um that's uh that's it you guys so have a great week i'm sure it's going to be just as oh by the way, selling the OC, you guys watch it. I I I I know you haven't started it yet, but yeah, it is so I it's, it yet. dude. I'm telling you, within 10 minutes, you're gonna love it way more than you ever even liked selling sunset. Oh, and we're recapping okay. it over on the Patreon. So go over there. It it's really good. Sophie, uh you, in the next two weeks, I think you're starting back up. So true with Sophie yes! Ross which you can subscribe to on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, all the podcast outlets. Also the Substack. Do you know what you're going to be writing about this week? Um, no, I don't yet. I am going to see what happens drama wise, but it should be exciting because it always is. I always have something up my sleeve. <laughs> hey, will you post that Greg Grippo photo and tag him in your uh, stories? Like, hey, Greg, sorry, we didn't get to say hi. Maybe I should just be like, I'm watching you. (laughs) Uh, Okay, you guys, I hope you had a great Labor Day. And uh, what does this mean? Summer's over or do we have more summer? Is it done now? No, it's done. It's done. That Labor Day is done. Well, technically the first day of fall is like what? Like September 21st or something? I don't know. Is that what it is? But fall is my favorite season. I am happiest during the fall. Um, 
So yeah, bring on fall, please. Get ready for happy Sophie era. Um, Okay, you guys, we'll talk to you later this week. Bye. Bye. If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red wine white or rosé or a combination. Now, based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. Tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank, but with Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket, and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves, like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow-knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365-day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Um, you know, we talk about mental health all the time on this show. I would actually say every episode. Um, and a lot of things, you know, when I think about therapy, I think about getting uh, stuck just focusing on my problems, you know, focusing on uh, these feelings and all of this weight instead of actual solutions. And, uh, you know, I always think, oh, 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 you know, how might this situation be better with a different mindset, but it is so hard. It's so tough, you guys, to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with a life challenge. Because one day you're going to be feeling great and up to it, and the next day it is the last thing that you want to do is get into problem-solving mode, especially when you need it. But when you learn how to find your own solutions, there's no better feelings. 
Now, a therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals no matter how big or small. Uh, I know this personally. This is 100% true. Um, it doesn't do all the work for you, but it gives you such a great start and such a great foundation. So when these problems do come up, you have somebody that can help you get into that problem-solving mode, even when you don't feel like it. Um, I have a long personal experience with therapy. Uh, it was something that I fought against when I was a kid because I thought it made me, um, you know, like something was wrong with me or something. And now I realize just how wrong that is. I wish. I mean, and not everybody has the ability or can afford that, which BetterHelp is one of the, it's one of the great things about them is that you can afford BetterHelp. They are so much more affordable but it's one of those things that I wish I had started so much earlier and I thought for some reason it would take away some like, oh, it'll take away my artistry or, you know, which is like, what is that? Just making jokes? But I really did have this kind of hang up about it. And when I started, I realized, wow, this is actually just somebody that is letting you express yourself and and and, and helping you express yourself and then trying to find practical solutions to your feelings and your thoughts. Um, so if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, I would say BetterHelp is not, a, it's a great option. It's convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's entirely online. So right then and there, everything I just said is every one of the excuses I would have used to not do therapy, you know, be like, well, I can't afford it. Oh, well, I have to get in my car and drive because I did that and that, that stuff. Well, I, I, you know, I don't want to leave the house. I don't, they help you with all of these things. You don't have to leave the house to do it. It is convenient. It is affordable. It's entirely online. And you can get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey. And you can also switch therapists at any time, which I also think is a very important note because I've switched therapists before. I, uh, I've had therapists that I, I, I didn't gel with. And I've had therapists that really did just really move mountains for me when I needed it. So I think that is so important that you can switch therapists as well. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. So visit, visit betterhelp.com slash so bad today to get 10% off your first month. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash so bad. 10% off. And it's one of those things that just make that one step. I always say that, just make that one step because that one step has always been the hardest step for me. But if you just make that one step, I think you're going to find out that all the other steps are going to come a lot easier. And that's huge. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS weird Lord of the Flies style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? 
the women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You guys, what a show. You got a pop culture roundup, and now you got a great interview with two people I really, really respect. Uh, I always joke around with them and with you guys. You know, I met these guys on Instagram or TikTok, and I've had both of them on before. Um... I just think it's such a talent, though, what they do because they go so much deeper than I do. They really do the research and the work. And sometimes, like I say in the intro, I'm just like, I'm shocked because it is so much like my tendency always is to go for the stupid joke. You know, something that would make me laugh as an eight-year-old. And and these ladies, they delve deeper. Uh, their accounts both delve deeper. You might not know, uh, I said you might know Lauren uh, from her TikTok account, which is like 314,000 people, over 135 million views. Uh, she's over on uh, Instagram as well as the Zen Blonde. And then also our friend Candice, uh, BBF Bravo, is her account on Instagram. And... They both were integral in uh, this House of Hammer documentary in telling the story. Um, we talk about this uh, all coming to light two years ago, and we talk about the process and what it was like for them and if they were scared of this coming out. And um, I just uh, I really applaud you know, these ladies seem like their hearts are such in the right places. I mean, and also they're dang entertaining. This is a, such a dark topic matter, but I would urge you to go follow them if you don't, because there is so much good content, even aside from any of this, which you can find all of this in their stories. And it's all, you know, that's the great thing about social media is that it's all documented. So if you want to go delve deeper into the Hammer story, it is all there for you to do. But uh, I wanted to talk more about the Discovery Plus House of Hammer. Um, if you guys have questions about this or for me, just email me at so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com and I'll try to answer those on another episode. But let's just get into this. And remember, the timestamps help you. If you didn't want to hit the pop culture round up first, you can go right to this and it's, it's here for you at any point this week. So without further ado, do. Um, we have Lauren and Candace, the Zen Blonde and BBF Bravo. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to iHeartRadio. So bad it's good. Now you have already heard uh, from Casey Hammer, who is uh, part of or one of the originators of this amazing docu-series right now on Discovery Plus called House of Hammer about Army Hammer, but more importantly about his entire family, which is just generations of, of I hate to use the word wackiness because that almost seems light, but just horror. I mean, it really is a house of horrors, uh, you know, uh, his family. And we have two of the people today that uh, 
I hate to say worked on this case, but kind of brought a lot of this to light. Um, and they used it through social media. And, you know, you can sometimes laugh because we're Bravo accounts at times. We're talking about pop culture, but you can really see the intersection of pop culture and where um, kind of darkness intersects with entertainment. And especially nowadays where this is actually starting to be viewed as entertainment, which is so weird. I talked to Casey about this the other day. I find this so weird that I found the documentary so uh, uh watchable you know so the story really sucked me in not only the army hammer parts but the entire family story was so unbelievable you thought you were watching uh an hbo series like succession or something so let's get into this because uh i need to talk to two of the people that are in this docuseries and i they've been on the pod before for different reasons so i'm so thrilled to have them both together but you know them as uh at bbf bravo candace and we got at the zen blonde lauren welcome back to the show guys Thank you so much for having us. Thanks, Ryan. Um, so this is, you know, it's so weird. I when I was saying to Casey, because I'm I I make a couple of appearances in this as well. And somebody, it was Danny Pellegrino reached out. I guess he had uh was interviewing somebody and he goes, Hey, you're in this. And then Kate Casey was you're lay, you look good and stuff. And I was like, I was really horrified, not horrified to be in it, but I was really scared to be in this thing, and I was really nervous and Cause I didn't think this was anything to celebrate. Like I didn't think anything like, Oh, look at me. You know, like this is a really horrible story that you guys not uncovered, but you really kind of shed light on. Could you tell me what you, your guys thought of this docu-series and the story at, 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 at its core is about? Um, I mean, I think that the through line for all of this is obviously that there was bad behavior that happened over multiple generations and people that went unchecked because they had this obscene amount of wealth. Um, Candace and I got into this like through the social media side. So about like almost two years ago, I released these, I guess it must be two years when I released these TikToks about Casey Hammer's book. Uh, they went viral and then a production company saw it. So I had been working on this from the beginning with the sizzle reel. And so I was like, ter- just like you, Ryan, I was terrified to be in it when they were filming the sizzle reel. It was just me and Casey. And I was like, Oh my God, like, I, I, I don't want to say this. I don't want to say that. Yeah. I, this, yeah. I don't touch this story. So um, it was really horrifying, but I kind of tripped into Casey Hammer's story just by virtue of a friend telling me about her book. And Candace had a similar experience over on Instagram while I was on TikTok. And Candace does this, Candace, you you do these kind of amazing, and you were on the show last time where you really will deep dive, I mean, whether it be like Bravo, like the Erica Jane uh, case and all of this stuff, you're going to really paint this clear picture. I always talk about my account, like I'm really lucky that I get to just put out a lot of jokes. I don't, I don't do this hard hitting information. That's not really what's in my brain, but I really look to accounts like yours to walk me through these things. What were you walking us through with the army hammer stuff and and was it geared more towards army and then you started even realizing about the uh the family history as well yeah so it definitely i mean i found out like everybody else like you uh at least for me i first saw it on twitter because people would screen grab different screenshots of the text messages and stuff and the first time i saw it i was like whoa what is that but it was it was like a lighter one and i was like okay you know i didn't really care much about army hammer and i was i just moved on but then i kept seeing more oh and yeah more. you're like hollywood i'm just <laughs> kidding 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 that was a joke and um yeah that's bad <laughs> um, but uh yeah uh it, it basically i ended up putting all of it together and then from there 
people were sending me stuff that um, they were sending me things that I hadn't seen that were much, much darker. And I was like, whoa, this is getting, this isn't so much like, look at this, like it's, you know, starting to get concerning. But at the same time, I didn't, I wasn't educated in, in BDSM at all. So I, at the same time, I was trying to look up like, at what point is it crossing the line in between, you know, consenting to this and not consenting to this. And, and it's such a gray area. And I think that's mainly where a lot of the disconnect is from people understanding um, is because they don't know about it. And um, what's really great in the documentaries, they have a, someone who is an expert with BDSM and they're, they're shedding light into like what is normal and what is not normal. And I think that's really important. So that probably was in the third part. Now I've seen the first two parts and you guys have seen the third. So I'm glad there is a, you know, a BDSM expert in there because when I was even doing some research and talking to people of what I had seen and all this, they said, okay, it's only BDSM up to a certain point, you know, consent really still is at the heart of BDSM, no matter how you cut it and army and through the text messages or through the DMS that we see on uh, uh, some of house of hammer, that consent was not given. And in fact, that was one of the big turn-ons for army allegedly through these DMS, which then takes it out of the BDSM category. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah my oh, go ahead. Lauren. <laughs> well, I think that also um, what was suggested in the documentary by the expert was that um, he may have intentionally chosen people who didn't know about BDSM um, because again, like this is so crazy. If my grandma's listening, I'm so sorry. Um, but <laughs> hi, gra- hi, grandma. <laughs> hi, grandma. Uh, the BDSM is supposed to be about the subs fantasy, which I was like, wow, I really didn't know that. I didn't know anything <laughs> about well, this. Like, I knew the- Fifty Shades of Grey. Like I knew I, I I had to watch those horrible movies. No offense <laughs> to Fifty Shades, you know, but like that's what I knew of BDSM. Uh, you know, I hate to, sorry guys, I, you know, like, I don't know how to do Shabari or the rope stuff that army knows how to do. I didn't know any of this stuff. Mm-mm. I think the, like the key takeaway is like that before you even engage in anything, you have to have the predetermined boundaries set. You need to have, you know, like your safe word, you need to have like, what are your soft and hard limits and things like that. You don't, it's just go for it. And then when, you know, someone is tied up or, you know, incapacitated, submissive, they, you can't just like throw them with like, can I do this? And it could be like a little jarring. And some people it's, it's, it's sad, but some people, you know, there is the flight or flight, but some people actually just paralyze and kind of just like play dead and they don't, they don't know what to do and they're shocked. And then they're left having to, deal with the emotions and understanding, okay, what just happened? Well, and that's even, I mean, imagine that's even with just normal people. Imagine throwing a celebrity in the mix. Imagine throwing a great looking, charming, amazing voice celebrity in there. I mean, just, I I wish people like sometimes would think about like the the circumstances behind this. And one of uh, Army's victims, Courtney is in this documentary and, and talks about like the, I mean, or she, she gets up to the point of talking about what he had done to her on the one experience. And, you know, that's totally aside from all of the Effie stuff. And you could tell it was really kind of shocking for her. And I don't want to, I really want to make this clear is that I, I and I've thought long and hard about this about like, I I don't want to kink shame anybody. Like I get that sex is a wide spectrum and whatever, you know, like there are different things that people uh, enjoy and stuff like that. But really, once again, I want to point out that consent still would be at the heart of all of that. Absolutely. If it's two consenting adults, it it's, it's all good. 
Um, but what, the other thing too, is like, I think, you know, there's been some backlash online with people saying like really unkind things about the victims. And it's like, yeah. not yes. like it happens overnight. It's like, you know, somebody slowly chips away at you. And I think the documentary had a, painted a good picture of what happened with Courtney when one boundary is pressed and then another, and then another, and then one day you wake up and it's like, you don't even recognize yourself and it happens to a lot of people. So well, the uh, line keeps getting pushed further and further back. I always joke yeah. about this in terms of Bravo of like what we consider normal now is not where those reality shows started. Like now we consider like like lawsuits and going to jail. Normal is part of the housewives experience. But remember, you guys like that. We consider that normal now. But back then, 16 years ago, when I, that would have shocked that. I mean, we wouldn't it wouldn't have lasted more than one season if that was the case. But boundaries do get pushed and then our kind of defenses go down and we get desensitized. And and especially I was talking with Casey that I found this such a story uh, championing women in a way of just saying like, and no offense to men. I know men are abused and, and stuff like that as well, but it, it really does seem like women can be really taken advantage of. And, and especially for sexual purposes. I mean, in, in surviving my birthright in house of hammer, you know, it gets pointed out that Armand, you know, it, women were, a means to an end. Like, you know, they were devices like anything else. This family used women and there was a pattern of using women. I mean, the stuff that Casey went through as a child is just insane. Oh my God. It's crazy. And they didn't even get it all in there. So everyone really has to read surviving my birthright. But I think even what you were saying, Ryan, it's like, I know you haven't seen part three, but a male victim of army did come forward and it was somebody that worked for him. And um, so men can be subjected to bad behavior too. Can, can you speak to that a little bit? So, so, uh, in part three, there's an assistant or some sort that comes forward yes. that worked for army and army abused him uh, allegedly in some way. Yeah. So, um, it seems like from what we saw, you know, there was a lot of, uh, controlling behavior and like, almost like frat boy hazing. And I mean, Again, like this documentary was looked over by nine lawyers. So I am sure there were other things that we'll never know about that probably Lisa Barlow's entire law firm looked at uh, all nine of her lawyers. Well. It was Tom Girardi um, before everything oh, went down and um, for the. So, so nine lawyers looked at this. So what you're saying basically is that everything was combed over that, you know, so we that could legally be put out there. But right. also what what you're saying and what I'm assuming I haven't seen the third part, but. I mean, I remember saying a lot of things that I mean, that that I experienced that probably couldn't make it because you could not independently verify what I would imagine some of the things that even I said, which weren't like damning in any way. Um, I don't think. But your, yeah, like little things like um, especially even like Candace and I getting a, a flurry of tips. It's like that that was a, an element of this. Like it's not like the tips were being shared. Um, but what I will say is with this this guy that worked for him, like they did include a part where army allegedly showed up at the airport with a sign that had the F slur um, on it. The gay F slur. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, took this guy to a strip club and forced him to get a lap dance. He didn't want to get, and uh, just behaved in a really demeaning and like threatening way again, all allegedly, but you'll see it. in part you, you mean it's, it's locker room talk as a certain president like to like to say, right. Yeah. Just well, guys yeah. being guys with each other, right? Yeah. yeah. What's kind of interesting is although their relationship wasn't sexual in nature, there were a lot of parallels with um, him using like his power and and uh, 
money and everything to kind of scare him into just being like, okay, well, I'm going to get fired. I'm never going to work in this industry if I can't make it here. You know, you could, you're going through those same things. Well, what if I speak out and say something? Is he going to hit me with a lawsuit? I mean, going up against it. So it's interesting how it's just leads someone like Army to kind of do or, you know, anybody in the Hammer family to do what they want. Because well, Candace, I mean, think about, from. I mean, I even wonder that in terms of like, you know, even think about us, us, us little accounts or whatever, whatever attention we get, you know, like it's sometimes like you just never even want to take advantage of, of the little stuff that we get. I never even want to take advantage of, you know, it's like these, this little, cause that stuff can be really seductive and people liking you and wanting to do things that, that, that because they just want to be around you or talk to you. Like that is such a wild thought. And it really like, I, I I'm very aware of it, even in the little that I have the very little I have of it. I can't imagine what it's like, not only being army, but coming from that family. And like Courtney says, in one of the first parts is that she would, he would almost, talk about it like a badge of honor. Like my family's crazy. My family is this and this and this, but he wouldn't say it ashamed. He would say it in this kind of like, you know, proud way. And it, I almost feel like that feeds that alleged monster in him. Yeah. It's like normal. It seemed seemed like he, it was, you know, absolutely a tool of his um, to get close to anybody by sharing vulnerabilities, like how crazy his family is, or he would really, even a lot of interviews, he liked to play off, like, you know, how he is like kind of detached from the family in terms of money. I've made it on my own, blah, blah, blah. Like, and try to, uh, I don't know, become closer. Like, you know, I'm just, I'm just like you, but he, he isn't. Yeah, no, I mean, and, 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 I would assume he knows that deep down. And like, by the way, because most of this, and, and, and I've seen, you know, uh, uh, Lauren, you've talked about this and even terms of I've seen dating and some of your things. And, you know, there's this, you know, just there's also this normal guy element of how normal guys are in this dating world already. And there is this kind of seduction. And then all of a sudden they're not emotionally available. I mean, you know, like there, there is even on the smallest the, the smallest portion of this is still relatable. Even if you're not a movie star, a lot of women get seduced by men that are kind of promising the world and being like love bombing and all of those things that the first part of the story tells us. And then all of a sudden it kind of turns, you don't have to be somebody from a billionaire family or a cannibal and all that, you know, it's very relatable. I think for just a lot of women in general about how men treat women. Just move to LA, you know? No, yeah. but. Uh, <laughs> and by the way, Lauren's, uh, if Lauren's grandma's still listening, sorry about, uh, I'm not talking about Lauren's dating life at all. Uh, <laughs> Mom, don't get excited. <laughs> um, no, but you know what I will say is I, like, I've done a lot of like research on these kinds of people because I dealt with one in my early 20s. And all I will say is I remember the, like, uh, there was a scene in the show where it was like, Drew Hammer and Army were having this conversation in front of Courtney. Now, that, now Drew, Drew is Army's mom, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they were having this conversation in front of Courtney that she's like, I shouldn't have been there for this. And it was like almost like this disclosure of personal information way too quick. And I I've had that happen to me and been like, wow, like they must really trust me. And uh it's actually kind of a manipulation tactic. Um on one part, it's like, oh, they're being vulnerable. They're getting you to put your guard down. Um, but on the other hand, like, especially with the sharing of like some evil family secrets, I think they're kind of testing to see like, how is she going to react to this? If I'm going to pull something like this on her, or, you know, 
that kind well, of I thing. Mean, it, it, I mean, when the third part, and I don't know, like I, I was uh, speaking with Casey, but the second part, you guys, hopefully you've watched it by now. If not, this is going to be a, a little mini spoiler and also a trigger warning is that she uh, brings up alleged or not, I mean, sexual abuse that, 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 you know, that Casey had to experience through her family. And I'm guessing in the third part that is explored a little bit more. Is that correct? Um, yes. Right, Candace. I think it was. Yeah, she touches on it. She, um, you know, it's, it's around the same amount of information that you also can see in her book. She doesn't elaborate exactly what happened. I think it just kind of, it shows how complicated things are when it's your dad and somebody you love, and it's hard to come to terms with it actually happening. And so she does speak on that a little bit, but I mean, even the second part, great detail. I was shocked where Casey, you know, even when her dad's dying, she's there taking care of him. You know, she's there and like he's, you know, and he's crazed at that point, waking her up every hour. Uh, you know, like, I mean, it was just it's just a really wild story. Um, so after seeing the three parts, is there, uh, you know, and especially knowing the story like you guys do, do you feel like there was an angle left out? Do you feel like there is something that like, man, I wish I mean. I wish they would have explored this, or do you feel like it gives an accurate portrayal of what the danger um, of this family is? I mean, I think it was the story that needed to be told because it was a story that empowered women. It was a story that I think hopefully is a cautionary tale for other women to know what to look for. Um, And also obviously empowering Casey and the other victims, but like in terms of like Casey in general, just being good friends with her, um, like this woman was on her grandfather's like 70, 747 and like president Ford stepping out her foot. She's met Diana and Charles. She, yeah, they were in the document. Diana and Charles are in the documentary. Like they, you know, she also like when she was working in retail, like the King of Spain picked her up when she was in Milan, like Casey has so many stories. And, uh, one of the stories that like, didn't make it in. Cause there just wasn't a way that they could put it in. Like her family had like a Manson esque situation that happened. Um, that was one of the craziest things I've ever heard in my life. And I was like, that's not in a documentary and it's documented. I mean, Candace has looked up. News- yeah. I, I have a TikTok on it somewhere I can post. It. So, and by the way, that's what I'm going to put all the information for their TikToks. If you want to actually further deep dive this, there is tons of information. And I really highly suggest not only reading Casey's book or listening to the audiobook, but going back and looking at these TikToks and these Instagram stories and stuff, it really tells a, a very complete story uh, in there that I think is just, that's what I said. I mean, like I wanted more of the family stuff. I mean, I don't know what the third part is, but yeah. I, the second part, like was what I was really the army stuff. I mean, I had already been so experienced with the army stuff that the family stuff was what blew me away. And just the connection of power and especially looking at where we are now with the political system and, and the quest yeah. for power and money in this country. It's just it's well, wild. Him like uh arm and hammer picking up the phone and JFK's on the phone. The yeah, water they have that audio, you guys, of JFK going like, hey, hey, so he goes, Oh, good, J- oh good, president. Thanks for calling. Like he just seems like it's anybody, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's kind of crazy. Like there's certain parts, like they touched on a, a certain woman who was arm and hammer. So this is Army's grandpa. He had an assistant, and they touched on her a little bit on how you know she he had an affair with her. His wife at the time started oh, yeah. to get suspicious. Then he said, okay, now you need to basically uh, be fired, come back with a different name. You need to have like a gray wig. You need to look like 20 years older. But they touched on that. But what they left out, which it was revealed later 
um, I believe in Jay Epstein's book, but like he forced her to do crazy stuff. There was a, a number of rules that she needed to abide by. He wanted mm. her to go basically oversee her uh, forcibly, it seemed like. Yeah, allegedly. Um, artificial insemination like of Armin's to get pregnant with Armin's child, even though she wasn't, she was married. She was even married at the time. It was, I mean, it, that, that they, whole story is crazy. They do touch on that in just like a, not to that detail, but they do show the pictures of like, you know, so his wife wouldn't know the wiser made this lady completely change her look and just said it was a different person said, no, no, that's not, it's a new lady, you know, and like totally treated his wife <laughs> like an Martha. idiot. But this, by the way, the same wife, you guys, who was actually the one that gave the money to Arm & Hammer to actually invest in, you know, the company that it led to his the insane wealth of that family. The other thing I was curious about that you guys might know is that Armand, it does touch on, you know, was... Uh, you know, uh, spied on his family, like recorded his family. It was like, you know, try to keep. And I, I asked Casey yesterday, uh, what do you think Armin would think of his family today? But also Armin participated in a lot of really wild, weird stuff. Uh, I mean, what, where's Armin's like iron fist of like, even in the grave, why didn't he like, why didn't his family, why weren't they scared enough to keep on the straight and narrow? I mean, I, I think that Armin would be horrified um, because Armin was wanted to have his image controlled, like even, even after death. And now it's like, everything's being exposed. But the, one of the guys that was on the, um, the, the documentary, Neil was hired as, you know, somebody who wrote about Armin, but it was a revisionist history that Armin painted the picture essentially. And Neil saw it at the end. You saw with the explosion with the petroleum, uh, you know, with all those people passing away and then Armin shows up. He's so sad, but then he gets on the plane and it's champagne and caviar and all these people have passed away. Um, and Candace could probably speak to that too, but it's just, it was crazy. Like the image he wanted to paint. So if he saw army getting exposed, uh, obviously text message did, didn't exist when Armin Hammer was alive. Um, and Michael and, you know, all these other people that are, you know, obviously the Nodler gallery getting lost and different things that happened um, on that end, he would be, I think he'd be horrified. I think he, like his last thing that he tried to do was make Michael Hammer the executor of the will. And, and Michael is by, Army's dad, you guys. Yes. And, and because when you do that, you can kind of keep you know, it basically is up to Michael to expose any information that he wants to, right? And so he was trusting in Michael to kind of keep everything buttoned up. Um, to a certain degree, you could only do so much. I mean, even Armin Hammer, the grandpa, he had donated to like so many different things. And that was kind of one, to make him look good, two, to make everybody think he's super wealthy. But when he died, everybody came knocking and he didn't have as much money as everybody thought. Oh yeah. There did. was, I was reading up on it yesterday. What, there was like something like a hundred lawsuits coming after him for his estate after his death. I mean, this thing was tied up in lawsuits, uh, even though Michael was the executor of the will, which I found fascinating and very succession, like in a lot of ways, the HBO series, um, does the third part, um, I'm so sorry. I I wasn't given the third part, you guys. That's why I'm asking so many questions because I really I cannot wait to see the third part, which is so sick to say and such a sick story. But I really did. I I was like, it really had I me. You wanting more? Uh, 
Yeah, it really did. Is that does the religious angle get brought up at all? Because once Michael, Army's dad, meets uh, Army's mom, Drew, Drew is a, uh, you know, a, a Christian, uh, a very uh, uh, almost evangelical, I think, evangelical. And, you know, Armin was a Russian Jew. And they moved the the family to the Grand Cayman Islands and they invest in, I mean, I know there's like a lot of stuff, Christian uh, religion stuff that they had invested money in. Does, does any of that stuff get touched on in the third part? It does. A lot of it. They spoke about how, you know, right before or basically at the funeral, um, they announced that Armand on his deathbed had switched to Christianity and had welcomed Jesus into his life. There's a rabbi there. It's, you know, chaos. There, and you know, I imagine shocked. there's a lot of Jewish people at that service. Absolutely. And it's announced that he well, all of a sudden went to and Christianity. important people, like very prominent. Um, to have a bar mitzvah the day after he died. So he like, he, his background was Jewish, but the thing that you'll read in some of these books is like basically Armin Hammer, when he was in a place where it behooved him to be a, like a, you know, a Protestant, he would say he was Protestant. He would be Unitarian where it benefited him to say that. So he kind of like cosplayed different religions when he was doing different business dealings, but his background was Jewish, but a lot of his background, especially in Russia, he kind of tried to tried to part ways with, but it was also crazy because at one point he was the only person that could land in Russia and China. And he was at all those Soviet leaders funerals. And like, he would have a jet in France and then it would be like, oh shoot, like Lenin died, like fire up the engines boys. Like we're going to Russia because he wanted to be like right where the action was happening. So he, but he denied a lot of that Russian past, but also was very involved with Russia. And uh, just at the end of his life decided he was going to have his bar mitzvah and really like fully commit to being um, a practicing Jew. So when they get up at this funeral and are like, he accepted Jesus, there are these famous rabbis that had been going through the process of like bringing him to the point where he was going to have this bar mitzvah and their jaws were on the floor. Um, and there's actually a picture of Casey glaring at her brother in the documentary in part two. And she's wearing this big fur coat. And I asked her where that photo was from. And it was, at, and you first you see her brother and her dad glaring at each other. And then you see Casey in this like fabulous fur coat glaring down, uh, giving the Nancy Reagan stare. And um, it was amazing. I want to turn it into a meme, but um, it was at her grandfather's funeral after all that went down. So that's a fun little tidbit. Look out for that photo, guys. So yeah. that was probably really heavily on Drew's influence, Army's mom, that mm -hmm. the Christianity angle gets. And by the way, guys, if I ever die, which probably will not happen, and it's, and somebody gets up there and says <laughs> he was the biggest Lisa Rinna fan on his deathbed, just know that is not true. I've always disliked her, and that will not change even in Listen, my Listen, he was telling us how much he loved Rinna right before we went yeah, live. No, you guys no, with yeah, you need proof. You need proof. Um, so uh, in the third part, I'm also imagining it gets back to the army stuff in a way. Um, and now like uh, and I'm going to just mention now I'm not going to I was going to bring up Effie, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, but uh, some of her stories in there. And remember, that is her story. And uh, she's a big part of this. And I just really wish, uh, you know, I, I don't even know what to say. I wish her well. I don't. I just don't know what to say. But Going back to the army stuff, though, is I was curious what you guys think and how it touches on where army is today, because I'm even confused in this last. I mean, it's been two years since all of this started in the last year. I mean, it was like Bigfoot where I, I mean, I've heard rumors like he was in rehab for a year and then he was always in Grand Cayman. Most recently, he was selling timeshares and then Robert Downey Jr. gave him his house and paid for him. And then he was at the Tower Bar last week celebrating a friend's birthday. In fact, I do have a friend that lives in the hills that 
ran by uh, that during a morning walk with her dog bumped into army and a friend walking his friend's dog and supposedly like was staying with his buddy. Right. And this was like months and months ago. And it was like, she was like, yeah, was, uh, they said hi to me. It was army's voice. It was, it was army uh, wow. is army back together with Elizabeth. Like what, what, what has happened in this last year? What is the truth? I think it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. And I think that like, we can only speculate, but it seems like there was an, a very strange PR attempt to remedy his career by maybe staging photos at a timeshare place because yeah like that was so weird it's like it's like i'm the normal it was like erica jane when he, she did the kfc photos like you know i was like <laughs> was. i was like i mean like you know what i'm saying like i understand supporting your family but like you thought the timeshare thing was the th- like you know like you would still be able to get a better job than a timeshare even if you know what i'm saying like it's like, let's not, let's not, you know, play, play games here. Let's like, at least have you selling real estate or something that like, yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with selling timeshares. It's just that like, you don't go from selling timeshares to being like, oh my God, I hate this attention. Let me go to LA where I'm in the epicenter of paparazzi. Oh, I got to go hide there to then being on vacation in Rome because you're so broke. Like if you're broke, you don't go on vacation to Rome. So yeah. Cause there's also pictures of him in Rome. Yeah. AC said something to me. She's like, there's there's real people broke and then there's army hammer broke. And it's like, you know, yeah, uh, by the way, I have a feeling I'm more broke than army hammer's broke. Like, <laughs> but I mean, but I, I, just, I remember just for a time that, you know, and especially when this first had broke, like they were just like, remember that Dumois thing? He was at whole foods or something like that. And he was like, it was like army sightings, like Bigfoot everywhere. And there was a whole aspect of the story where I just want to know, like, and like, did Elizabeth go back with him, his wife, because of the two kids? We saw a picture. The I think I saw it on your account of him in the pool with the kid throwing his kid, which like, guys, I'm not even commenting on like, I'm sure like two things can be true at once. This guy could be an amazing father and he can also be a sociopath when it comes to women. I, you know, remember, we always say so many things can be true at once. It's not definitive or absolute, but I mean, do we know anything about the Elizabeth stuff? Because I know she's in L.A. as well. And does it touch on any of that stuff, the, the third part? I have heard definitely speculation in my inbox, but nothing that I would say publicly because it's all speculation, right? And it's yeah, yeah, yeah. smoke and mirrors, you know? It's like, who really knows? Uh, nobody but them, probably. It, it ha- seems, if anything, it seems like, you know, that she's wanting to publicly support him. Um yeah. I mean, there is the father. I try to think about the mentality, but then isn't it again, you could allege it or assume or whatever we want to use the word is, isn't that another kind of thing that brings up of like, when you're indoctrinated for so long and so long, the line gets pushed back and back and back. And we usually, most of us, not me, but we believe the best in people usually, you know, is that we believe in forgiveness and we believe in all of these things that you would be inclined i think if you made two humans with a person and fell in love with somebody you would be inclined to believe them i just i'm just so curious and i know we i guess don't know but like i'm just so curious of like what do you go to rehab for how do you what what would what are we on what are we in rehab for is it is it in drugs and alcohol is it is it sex is it it, what what is it because if it's for sex then you're admitting that your sexual proclivities are wrong when if it's just kink then it's not i'm so confused do you guys know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think what they were kind of painting it to be was that he had 
a traumatic childhood and he hadn't dealt with it. So he was in this facility in like Silver Springs, Florida for allegedly nine months. And when I looked up the price of it, it was like 40 to 90 K a month. Um, and apparently, you know, according again to like what I've read online, Robert Downey Jr. supposedly helped him pay for it. And I like, I want to go to this rehab. Like this rehab, like looked like the most old money, like, yeah, yeah. Like there, there are like horses and like, there's like, like the, it was just beautiful. Like it was a beautiful place. Like it's not like a no frills rehab. So it looked like a resort, just a resort that doesn't have, you know, pina coladas, you know? So it was, it was a really nice place. Um, but you know, yeah, but, but well, also that's if he even went there, I mean, like that was the other thing I was reading that he was just saying that he was there. Like, I don't know what is true and what is not. And I guess, do you think, I mean, like, I'm like, is there going to be an Oprah Winfrey interview for army? Is there going, and by the way, is there going to be not a counterattack? Because I don't think this is an attack. I think this is a story that's being told through this docuseries. You know, if this crisis PR, whatever he's been trying to do this last year, what is the plan? You know, you guys study pop culture. Like I do, you guys study these stories. What do you think is going to come for him next? Or what would you even recommend for him to do at this point? I feel like, you know, sometimes like I feel unless it gets louder and louder and louder, they choose not to address it and just maybe a dismissive comment like, oh, this, you know, this isn't true, whatever. Like all the truth will be revealed later. Like they they kind of just brush it off and then push more for like his image to be like, you know, you know, highlighting great. He's a great father and he's, a, you know, on an actor that's on the up and up and let's root for him kind of thing. That's what seems like is the model hmm. to bring him back. I've, I've asked Casey this a million times. Cause I don't know. And she doesn't know. And, you know, I mean, I guess it's like, it's all been kind of unpredictable. And even though the efforts, like if you Google his name, there will be these random articles every few days. There was one that's like, how tall is he? Or like this or that. And I'm like, are you they're just like pushing down these like articles to try to like, yeah. out, like all the other ones <laughs> sites. And I'm like, Coming this fall from Discovery Plus, how tall is Army <laughs> Hammer? Yeah. There was another one that was like, this 70s love child looks, ex- or love, the person looks like exactly like Army Hammer. Is he like the love child of this person? And it's like, there's no person tying his mother to like this, this actor. But- episode three. <laughs> no, they're, they're like, it's like the weirdest articles. Um, And I'm like, okay. And then, you know, I mean, I guess the only other thing I could say is that I received like a rush of crazy commentary when this all was coming out and I released Casey's story and I know Candace did as well. And at first it was like, Oh, are these all like super fans? And now with everything that's happened, especially with like Garcelle's son um, and even some of the Johnny Depp stuff, I really do think that some of these people do implement bots and bot attacks and, and based essentially just buy comments um, to target certain people that are involved in shedding light on stories. So, uh, I think that's another possibility for how they might try to, um, regain some control in the public opinion forum. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It sways public opinion and it tries to keep people quiet by, you know, breaking them down and hitting them where it hurts. Well, Talos films who uh, produce this, you know, have you heard from them? Was there any kind of attempt to stop this docuseries? I mean, even once it had been filmed, was there behind the scenes stuff trying to stop this entirely? Do you do you know that? Yeah, I mean, I as far as I know, there were a few filming locations that were blocked. Uh, that's all I can really say about that. But um, I also, you know, I know that Casey read off a letter in the documentary. Um, 
you know, and I think that there were definitely some attempts on the back end. Um, and Talis did a great job of like being able to get the information out there, especially about what happened to Casey in her life. Um, but all yeah. good people sense, which is amazing. Well, that's what I find. Sorry. Oh, no, Sorry, no, no, yeah, please. There's, there's a letter in that she reads from Michael Army Hammer's dad in the third episode where he wrote to her. And I believe I'm not sure exactly when it was sent, maybe at the beginning of filming. Um, but obviously he's aware of what was happening. And the letter was just kind of interesting because essentially it was it was two things. One of it, I mean, it was kind of a thinly veiled threat. If you don't stop, I will have to figure out legal action. But so it was a recent letter, a more recent letter. A more recent letter. It was, yeah, in, re- in regards to the filming of the documentary. And then the other, what was interesting is the letter also ended with, but, you know, essentially, remember, we're still family. Like, I do wish you the best. So it's also trying to pull at her heartstrings a little bit. And so I thought that was somewhat manipulative, just seeing that happen. Well, listen, all family is a manipulation in some sort. I mean, it's just how dark <laughs> this is. And I want to point out once again, you guys. The entrance point of this docuseries is Army, because I guess that is the most recent sexy part of this story, if you want to call it that. But to me, what I found fascinating really was really the history of this family of like the I mean Casey's story, but it, to the entrance point of that to me, I just kind of devoured that. And the army stuff is uh, interesting to me in a in a degree just because of pop culture. I mean, I'm I'm more fascinated if he's gonna work again. And and I don't think this. I don't, unless I'm in the third part, I, I mean, I don't think, but I think he's definitely going to work again. I mean, I, I, I'm waiting for an, uh, I thought, you know, a year ago, I thought he would, when, when I filmed this, I said like, yeah, he said, he's definitely, somebody's going to take a chance on him. It's some, as many, many streaming shows are out there. Some TV series is going to do it. But now even a year later, I'm like, they released death on the Nile. I'll bet he'll get a film again. I mean, I bet he'll get back. Now nah, he won't get back to that former kind of glory, but remember his career was kind of struggling in a sense anyways. So in a way, you know, I'm so curious what PR can do. Can this be? And especially if you have somebody like Robert Downey Jr. who had went to jail himself for drug uh, charges at one point and then became Iron Man. Is there an Iron Man in Army Hammer's future? And that's the part I find really interesting just in terms of studying Hollywood. Yeah, God, I hope not. Um, And I think like one of the things that people don't realize is when you've had somebody do something horrible to you and they're in the public eye and then you're having to see their face everywhere, um, which I know was a concern with this documentary in general, like seeing that is just so like traumatizing in a way and like to have somebody be in death on the Nile and all these different things. I mean, it's hard to see somebody (laughs) did something horrible to you out in the media. So um, I also just like, I don't know, like maybe he should just go back to the timeshares, but I don't know, Ryan. I don't yeah, know. Wait, wait, wait. Have we talked to anybody at the timeshare? Like, I mean, do you do good? I mean, I believe it was a complete, I mean, and also. Can someone also, who bought the timeshare, please come forward because well, I'd there's like, a picture uh, of him in a timeshare outfit. And I'm like, listen, I, you know, like at first I was like, ah, oh, maybe. And then I saw the picture that they had released of this. And I was like, Come on, like Army knows when pictures are being taken of like when you're a celebrity, you're like you, you know, you see all those paparazzi shots anyways of when they spot the paparazzi, even from far away with a telephoto lens. This is somebody supposedly sitting there getting a times old shirt and they have a camera like at like chest level in a small intimate. You don't think Army's going to see directly at that camera? Like, I'm sorry, that was a setup shot. I mean, allegedly, that's how I feel like that's how I feel. Paperwork and like then he's like walking in looking disgruntled and he's like, God, in the small island of Grand Cayman I just can't get away from the paparazzi like I need to go hide in LA like 
Yeah, right. Like, I'm sorry. No way. No way. Um, Two final things that I wanted to talk about really quickly is uh, I had woken up to a text message from you last week where it was like people had all put our names in some tweet or something like that and said, you know, uh, they was like making fun of our looks and said we all got fillers. And it was so sad because I didn't even make the preview for House of Hammer. So they had to go to my Instagram account and find some <laughs> picture of me and my dad. And you guys got like, you know, nice glossy ones. They got, and I was like, I don't have filler, but I, I think this it got deleted by the time I woke up or something. Are you scared? Or are you nervous about reaction to this or about what comes next? You know, like, I mean, what do you, is there any preparation for things like this that, I mean, like, should I be scared? Like what, I mean, like, what are we, what are we dealing with here? I mean, I think from the jump, I've always said I wasn't prepared for his fan base or the bots or whatever it was, but now having been through one round of it and having experienced the warfare of like TikTok commentary, um, I, I feel like my life has prepared me for this and I'm like, whatever, block, block, block. But yeah, the photo of us, Ryan, it was, a, it was this grid of yeah. me, Casey, all the people. And then somebody was like, this is the most fucked up Brady bunch I've ever seen. And I'm like, I'm not on a t-shirt. I'm making this in the merch and I'm going to donate it all to a women's organization because that's funny as fuck. And by the way, so- you guys, I, I just want to know, like, I, and you guys know this, if you listen to the show and, uh, and I know a lot of you do, so thank you. But like, uh, remember I deal with things through the prism of humor. So even if, uh, you know, like uh, these are very serious topics, but I do try to laugh at everything, or I do try to find some sort of light, even though this is a, an extremely dark story, but that was very funny to me. I'm like, oh man, if we're, I, I'm like, listen, if you're going to come after my looks, I'm going to be the first one to tell you, I agree. Like you got me, man. Like <laughs> ugly, let's do that. I mean, but like, I always find it interesting when people I'm like, the documentary is not even out yet. Like look, watch the docu-series and then come back and, and see, you know, say then the horrible things about the content of the docu-series and not just looks alone. Yeah. And you have to laugh because these are just people that through anonymous accounts harass people who are alleged victims all day. So yeah, it's so yeah, weird. And that's the thing is that it, it, it like shadows once again, the story. And it's what I find fascinating about celebrity is that this power of celebrity overtakes the power of victims every time. You know, there's one story that I had told them that I, I don't think, I mean, unless the, I don't think, but I remember army commenting because he follows me, I think still on my personal Instagram. Uh, I haven't checked in a long time, but I think last time I did like a year ago, he did. And I was like, Oh shit. But I remember posting a photo years ago like i mean four like when army was like really big and army commented a joke on it and i had never gotten so many messages in my life of you know army hammer can you set me up with him can you hang out can you set me up with him like can you set me up with him i had never had that much attention thrown my way just because he left a comment on one of my instagram uh posts you know oh yeah Yeah, I, i don't know so um uh, that is, uh, I mean, listen, I could talk to you guys all day and I know, thank you for squeak. Cause this was so last minute that we, that you guys agreed to do this. Uh, what are you guys working on next? I know you guys aren't a ragtag team, a duo, a detective <laughs> duo, even though that would be an interesting kind of, uh, bad cop, good cop on uh, the internet, about it. <laughs> what are you guys, but what are you guys working on separately right now? Like, how do we support you? What are, what are we working on next? Well, Candace and I are actually going to start doing a Friday live in lieu of a podcast. So you guys will, will see us. I think we're kicking it off with discovery. Um, so by the time this airs, it'll have already happened, but 
Uh, Candace, I think that our firm time is going to be 1230 EST on Fridays. Yes. Yeah. We're, we're going to, we're going to just talk about, you know, different things that we're watching this week and then we'll, you know, we do love a deep dive. So we'll be, you yeah, know, I mean, going that's what I, I, mean I think the deep dives are so amazing and so informative and it's, it's like better than cliff notes and it's better than, you know, it's like these personalized cliff notes that really get you into stories and make you fascinated about things that I wouldn't normally be fat or wouldn't normally think I'd be fascinated by. Absolutely. Well, like we, we both, we love to like really dig deep and read all of it. And then we could give you just like the top, the top bits of it. And if you want to look into it, you could always, you know, go those avenues or we'll put it up for you. But we, yeah, at 1230 every Friday, every um, Friday. And where can we find this at? Eastern, this is Instagram live. We'll be but is it on like Discovery's channel or is it going to be on your uh, channel? So or? this this Friday, which will I've already aired by now, but um, we are working with Discovery just to kind of promote the uh, documentary and talk a little bit about it. And so that's going to be twelve thirty on Friday. Uh, we'll tell we'll tell Discovery I said hello. God, they wouldn't <laughs> even put me in the preview. <laughs> you know, but isn't it so we'll weird? See you like, there, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I'll be I'll be watching. Wouldn't it be so? But it's like that's what like I'm. Yeah, I'm trying to like, what are you, are you proud to be in this? Like, like, there's nothing about it in it for me of like, look at me on TV. Like there was no thought of that of like, oh, I can't wait. You know, like there's no part of it that wants to publicize this for me. You know, like, in fact, I watched that first part when I I, I was just, I was really didn't want to see myself, but then it really still sucked me in even you know, barring like me not wanting to watch me, the story itself really sucked me in. I mean, do you guys feel the same way? Are you proud after seeing this to be a part of this? It's interesting that you're touching on like a lot of the same feelings that I felt because uh, when initially when the opportunity like came up, I felt kind of sick about it. And you yeah. talk about like, the yeah. power and like, okay, is there legal ramifications? What is this? I mean, what, how important am I to this story? I mean, I'm, you know, um, so I, I felt really complicated about it, but you know, I do feel better after watching it and, and just seeing the whole thing and, and just, it was really done well. I thought it's done so well, like it just gave the platform for people to talk and tell their story. And there's like, it was just really powerful to hear that. And so I feel, I feel really proud to be a part of it. What yeah. about you? I think so too. And honestly, like just getting to know Casey better. It's like, she's 61 years old. Like yeah, you guys became friends through this. We have, I'm, I have a viewing party with her for this on Friday. Me and Casey are <laughs> watching this together, but we really have. She's like my, my, like, by the way, that's gotta be the darkest viewing party that I could possibly imagine. Oh, no. It's not like, but you know what I'm saying? It's not like watching the season premiere of Beverly Hills. I mean, this is like her dark family history. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's really, yeah. That's well, so that's why intense. we're keeping it small. It's just going to yeah, be like, like, like gonna, I'm gonna, it's a party. Yeah, I bring a keg over. <laughs> like, I, no, I, I mean, I, I'm probably going to need a glass of wine when I oh, when I watch uh, it. But, one? Uh, <laughs> a martini. But um, no, I mean, I, I'm just so thrilled for her and, you know, um, for her to finally be able to tell her story and just for the women that did want to speak out to be able to actually like have that freeing moment because it's a lot to live with. Imagine introducing yourself for 61 years. And then like, it's like, how do I tell people my background? How do I tell people about my family? You know, it's a lot to live with. So, yeah. And there's a lot of women. And I want to point out that, that, you know, 
did I mean then it's not like they choose not to, but there's a lot of other stories that we didn't get to hear uh that, that are not in this. And just remember that there are other victims out there of this entire family, you know, and just and you can relate that to your life, you know, because a lot of you guys have been victims of horrible abuse out there. And just I mean, so I really do think the women that have come forward to tell their part of the story. And lastly, you guys, uh, I just I know I have a couple more minutes, but I did want to throw this in here is that there was a part of this element two years ago that I really played into, and I remember on the podcast with uh, Sophie. And like, you know, because they do touch on the cannibal uh, aspect of this and all that. There was a sensationalism that I even got caught up in where at one point I was like, is army a serial killer? Oh, my God. Like, I remember all those. Remember when it was like that? It was around Super Bowl that one. And all those like he was working out in the desert and all of this. Like, is there a what have you guys learned about, like, you know, the responsibility we have with our platforms uh, and putting out information. Cause like I will always be gravitating and you can t- tell even in ratings of like the podcasts that do blind items, the Instagram accounts that do blind items are always the most successful accounts. But what have you guys learned about responsibility towards what we speak about because you guys have such big platforms, but I was just remembering all of those stories that were coming out that I was like, I mean, I was fully believing it, yeah. you know? Well, there was, um, and I think this is what you're talking about when they, um, basically like when all of that came out with army and the text messages and things, you know, like the cannibal word was being thrown around all these things at the same time in the desert where he was alleged to be staying, where his friend's motel was, there was a missing persons case that was going viral. And so everybody was sending me and Lauren, these articles, like this is connected. This has to be it. And other people were taking the bait, but it's like, Whoa, I'm like, you can't expect me to post this. That's a huge jump. Like, you know, what do I know? Like, it's but so but even like because I remember like to post everything. But you go back and you can make things fit thing because you're like Army's a master barbecuer. Like even with the cannibal, he he knife work. It was all like the shapari, the ropes. You know, you start. And I think it's part of social media and like, even like, you know, TV show, like, oh my God, Dexter. And I remember just really going down that, that, that whole avenue in my head and making sense of it. And I'm, you know, like, it's just so interesting. Like when you put that information out there where our minds can go with it. And sometimes that will actually distract you from the actual horror of this story and the actual horror of what has been done to these women over generations and generations. Absolutely. It was sensationalism. And it's like A and B don't have to be related, even if they're like right next to each other. And so um, I think it was just like deep pandemic and we all had a lot of time on our hands. And we- Dude, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, talk, I remember I remember it was Super Bowl Sunday when a lot of this. And that was also when, like, you know, the 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 L.A. Times hit piece was supposed to be released. And we were all waiting for the shoes to drop. And there were messages of like, I know what you and your friends did. And like, I remember that. And it's like so weird to like start thinking about that time two years ago now, how intense that time period was. And now we're two years after the fact. And I wasn't even aware of the horror stories that were a part of this family, even aside from army. Yeah, absolutely. Lauren had made like a funny joke the other day where she, it was like, you know, some people did sourdough starters during the pandemic <laughs> and here we are. Googling shibari ropes, like, and having <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, well, like, literally putting together like Legos for my son. Like, oh. <laughs> 
I remember making a meme. Like I remember like driving back from Arizona to, to LA, like after I had COVID with my family, like I was in the work and I remember stuff dropping and I remember pulling over to make a meme. Cause it was like the cannibal stuff had just started getting, and I made a meme of, it was like three women smiling at a blood bank, giving blood. And I was like, once women find out army's a cannibal, because that's how good looking this dude, like the thing was, is like, this guy is so charming and good looking that women would line up to be with this guy, no matter what. Like, was, I mean, there were jokes. See it. They're like, I don't care. When am yeah, I, Brand, when I think Brandy nice. Glanville made a joke like that of like, I mean, like people are like, yeah, sign me up. You can, you can eat my rib. Like that's how weird we are as a society that it just, it still doesn't matter. And that's why I think even with this docuseries, no matter how well done it is, it'll be interesting. And it's up to you guys if this matters to you or not, if you're going to take something or learn something from this or not, and be able to try to like, you know, teach our kids better and all of that stuff. Yeah. And I okay. hope to God, these freaking comments saying that they'd like to be with him will stop after they see what these they won't went through because it is insane. No, you don't want that. That's horrible. So but people are crazy. People are crazy, Brian. I just, I wonder if he still has that El Destructo uh, Finsta. I wonder if he has what his new Finsta is and all of that. I mean, cause I just don't think you can rehab. I mean, you can rehab certain things, but it's like, remember the human mind is so like, like, I don't I, know. Like I just we want to be a fly on the wall when he sees his old acting, his old acting classmate on the screen. Oh, don't, now that I'm now I'm scared. Class. Like it's I want to know that. what the acting class has to say. I want to be there for that happy hour because well, I will uncall you after Friday. I'll tell you that much. Right? <laughs> well, I mean, what I mean, do, am I in the um, am I in the third part? A little bit. You, okay. you guys, yeah, I think there's a line. Okay. Um, I was like, I, cause I don't think I was in the second part and I was like, yes, I'm not in the second part. So I can just like enjoy it. But yeah, I mean, I gotta tell you, I was really nervous about that. And I, I mean, that was part of that. I just felt very, I mean, listen, the army I knew like was, I, I told Casey yesterday, I thought it was going to be, I thought he was going to run for office one day. I thought this guy was a, this guy was, is so charming. So nice. So all of those, I mean, I remember, you know, like I, I've had multiple conversations and, and the way he, his effect, I saw it firsthand with women. I remember going to bars with army and walking in and I thought he looked, he had wore, wore this cowboy hat. He looked ridiculous. And women would be like, <laughs> I would just give anything to be, I mean, this is before he was anybody. And it would just be like, and I remember just being, what, 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 what's wrong with me? Like, I mean, like, this is like, this guy is just getting women thrown at him right and left, but he was also, I got to say really nice. He tried to hide that his, uh, that he came from money. I was not aware. Like I remember rehearsing at his like real nice place over like uh, in Hancock park. And he said his buddy was letting him crash there. And then we found out later that was his place. Like it was, it was G he, he hid a lot of that stuff. So it was really, really fascinating, but I, I didn't do this to uh, hurt him or anything like that. I did it because I thought it was a really important story to speak out on. And there was no part of it that I wanted any kind of um, attention for myself. I want to make that really clear that it really makes me nervous to, to tell you. The no, truth. that so, comes across Ryan. Nobody thinks that, but yeah. I still would love to be a fly on the wall. How dare you? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You guys go follow at BBF Bravo and at the Zen blonde Lauren and Candace. They do really amazing work. Thank you guys for joining me on such short notice. I really appreciate you guys. And uh, we will see what happens next with all of this. Yeah, thank you for having us. It's been fun. <laughs> Bye, guys. Five, four, three. Betches.